0: wants it we need
1: it the precious we need the podcast
0: (laughs) no no precious not the dudes not the
1: dudes yes yes the dudes they cheat you they hurt you they slander marvel
0: movies The show is only for a dance. But the dudes are my friends, precious.
1: You don't have any friends.
0: But their opinions
1: are their (laughs) own. The dudes didn't save us. I
0: did. <laughs> oh, go away! Go away! I'm not listening! I'm not listening, Precious! I'm only listening to Telltale's one double feature!
2: Welcome! Uh, Welcome, everyone, to Two Dudes, One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and that is about it. I am Dude One, Richard. And I'm Dude Two, the gray. I don't know, you're a little more white if you ask me. (sighs) Listen, I feel gray, alright? I mean, yeah, okay, I can get that. It's rainy outside so I can feel gray sometimes too. <laughs> that's that's a that's like the title of the kid's book. Do you feel gray sometimes? <laughs> or a self help book, really. Anyway, welcome to the show everybody. <laughs> Woo <laughs> Yeah Um we have a very actually exciting episode. This is our ninetieth episode, which is wild, and which means we are also ten away from one 100 episodes and we have we definitely have something very exciting for that one which uh again i don't know how far did you get in that not spoiling not, uh, what it is? I, I, I haven't <laughs> i
1: gotta i gotta get my ass on track for that
2: so we'll hopefully be ready by that time
1: fingers crossed we'll see we'll see we're in our own like death star like trench run to the that's what it is to the 100th episode <laughs> will we make it
2: use the flaws gray
1: <laughs> Richard, you switched off your targeting computer.
2: That's okay. <laughs> I got this. <laughs> can you imagine, Luke, That's just, exactly. can you imagine Luke just did not have it? <laughs> like, like he just missed and everyone's like, Stupid kid. <laughs> Why don't we let the farm kid shoot the... Ugh. And then you got the one pilot that like, was told by Luke that it's easy, actually. <laughs> it's like, See?! <laughs> Neg- what did I tell you? <laughs> Negative. It didn't go in. Stupid farm kid. He didn't know what he was doing. Uh, oh my gosh. Um, but regardless of all that, <laughs> um, how you doing, dude? 2? How's, 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 how's it hanging? Fine. You know,
1: uh, it's weird that we're do- back to doing this weekly at this point in time. You know, because I feel like, you know, mm. back when we did this every other week, there was a lot more to say uh so oh i really i mean i i have been picking up stuff from the criterion 50 percent off sale you know mm-hmm. as i know you have and
2: i got i got one thing and i there's one more thing i want to get so let's see if i can get that I, I hope
1: you get it uh i did pick up raging bull but then i was able to watch my other movies um which i had never seen before this week I watched uh, Al Reinert's documentary for all mankind, not the Apple uh, TV Plus show, which I've heard very good things about. Mm -hmm. But uh, this is a documentary, sort of like, in a sense, sort of showing like going from Earth to the Moon and then back, using the different Apollo missions, also some clips of the Gemini missions, but mostly the Apollo missions, and using the only audio you really get also is. The audio from those missions, but also audio that Al Reinhardt, uh, he did, he was he interviewed all the Apollo people, you know, the people involved with that stuff, and um, yeah, it just it's just a really crazy thing that you know people went to the moon, you know, and it's not a lot of people. Like when you think about how many people have existed in human history, and the amount of people that have been to the moon is somewhere in the just the double di- low
2: double digits, like. We have, like we don't do the I like I like how I like how the most space travel that we get excited about is like Jeff Bezos in his phallic ship floating for a second and then coming back down, Ugh. like like that's 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 the extent of space travel in our current time period, uh, uh. yeah. Or you're just going up to the space station to like do space stuff and then that's it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's
2: not to, and, and not to, you know, knock any like astronauts or anything. It's just, you know, America hates space programs at the moment. I think,
1: I think they, they don't see it as like a profitable, like venture. Like it made sense mm-hmm. during the cold war to be like, huh, we got to the moon and it's kind of like, kind of lost interest in that kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. but it's, it's
2: like, it's, it's like, well, we did it. We don't have to do it again, but, but we could learn so much. Nah we're good now we're good
1: yeah so but it kind of i got emotional watching it honestly just seeing that stuff from the moon and just like seeing the shots from you know from space of the earth you know and just just thinking about like man what a like a crazy accomplishment that is only like a little more than like 50 years ago that that actually Mm -hmm. that was you know the you know apollo 11 mission and all that but um outside of that um Oh, and the Brian Eno score in that movie is is spectacular, by the way. Really great stuff. Um, But I also watched... uh, I watched Shaft.
2: Oh, yeah. Richard Roundtree being a bad mother. You shut your mouth. I'm talking about Shaft. (laughs) Talking about Shaft. No, it was funny when that, that song comes on, the opening song of Shaft... I couldn't help but think of Chef from South Park because <laughs> mm-hmm. he, he voiced him for so long. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just thinking of that song, but like a cartoon Chef from South Park singing it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <sighs> oh, Shaft. That was a good one. Uh, I really liked it. <clears throat>
1: and it's definitely a movie that like the more I sit with it, the more I kind of enjoy it. Um, and it's actually, I think as a package, it's got to be one of my favorite Criterion sets in a while um i love the criterion collection but like it comes with shaft and it comes with um the other gordon parks directed shaft movie shaft's big score which is not a great movie but it does have some cool things and um i just really just i enjoyed the the vibes the music um even just the other members of the, like the cast like moses moses gunn as crime lord bumpy like amazing But also, uh, Drew Bundini-Brown, who I think was an associate of uh, Muhammad Ali's, um, didn't do a lot of movies, but he's in both Shaft and Shaft's Big Score, is an amusing henchman type, like, amazing, amazing performance. And of course, Richard Roundtree, I mean, so iconic, and um, honestly, like, it's, I think it's also one of those movies... um, I also think it would have been a great pairing with black Panther simply because it's a character that was created by a white guy that is sort of retooled by a black filmmaker by a black filmmaker and a, you know, team. Uh, cause Gordon parks, like I said, directed the first two shaft movies and, uh, Gordon parks was already like an interesting figure before shaft. Cause he, I believe he was mm-hmm. like one of the first, if not the first like black filmmaker to direct a film for a major studio. I believe that was the learning oh. tree. And he was also, I think, one of the first like black photographers for Life magazine, and he was already famous for that thing. And he also cool. composed the music for Shaft's big score, because Isaac Hayes didn't do the score for the second one. Like, he contributes a song, but um, yeah, he's a really interesting figure, and I think the bonus features really do a good job of exploring um, Gordon Parks and exploring like black exploitation and just like Shaft's mm-hmm. relationship to that, but also just like white private detectives and how it's different from that um that sort of thing so yeah if you um if you're looking for something like different and you want to explore like a pretty cool piece of our pop culture i definitely recommend that shaft 4k from criterion but um that's all that's really been going with me what about you
2: well i was gonna say first do you know um the first movie i ever saw richard roundtree in no do you think you could guess it was George of the Jungle. Oh my gosh, yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, um, he plays the, the tour guide and the translator for um, Liz, Leslie Mann and uh, uh, Thomas Hayden Church's characters. And yeah, I, was, I, I, I immediately recognized him when I started watching Shaft. I was like, oh my god. I know where he's from. <laughs> <laughs> it just so happened to be from this Disney movie that I enjoyed when I was younger. I still kind of get a kick out of. It. Um, let me just tell you, I've had uh, I've, it's been pretty rough over here because. So I told you about this this first incident where um, it was Tuesday, and I woke up at about four in the morning. And whenever that happens, there's always that internal debate of, should I try to go back to sleep or should I stay awake? And my body's always like, you're not going back to sleep. Mm-hmm. Once you're awake, you're done. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, fine. And I think, you know what? It's Tuesday. It's four in the morning, which means a new episode of Only Mergers in the Building is on Hulu. So I'm going to go watch that. So I go and grab a plate of Oreos um, and I get a glass of milk. And I'm like, This is, this is going to be, this is, I'm going to start my morning off right. And I set it down next to me. And, uh, just to backtrack a little bit. And I think you'd agree with this statement. I think the greatest enemy of any collector is space. Because you're always trying to find space for so much shit that you buy. And it's like, eventually you're going to run out and you're going to have to, like, you're, you have a whole room that you're in right now that's dedicated to the stuff that you've collected and it's not enough and, he, and it's not enough <laughs> it's even not, in that instance it's, it's just not and so the one benefit at least for me is that I've al- like this is probably like a psychological thing probably from like depression or something I don't know but um I've always liked to have something with me so like when I was a kid like I would have a toy in my hand or I'd have something in my hand or something. I always like having something with me. And so, and you know this because you see me whenever we're on video chat, um, I always like to have like a stack of stuff next to me, which A, works as a placeholder since I can't find a spot for it on the shelf, but also B, uh, it's just nice to have in case I want to like flip through a comic or Watch a movie that happens to you me, know, like whatever mood that I'm in. Then I, I just like to have a small stuff of small sack of stuff next to me. So with that in mind, um, this is also, and I should be more aware of this. I mean, I am very aware of this, but at the same time, I feel like I've just gotten so comfortable that I don't think anything bad's going to happen. But basically, basically, what I'm trying to say is that um, I do like to eat and drink up here, as I said. And it's very possible that a drink could knock over and potentially ruin the stack of stuff that's next to me, which never really happens because I'm pretty careful about it. Uh, unfortunately, this, pa- this past Tuesday morning, it happened. I knocked over a cup of milk and, I, and it spilled right in the direction of the stack of stuff that I have next to me, which uh, I was very thankful because it could have been a lot worse because I saved about 90% of the stuff that is next to me. And then 10% was destroyed. But it was all newer stuff that I was able to replace. So I was very lucky in that. Again, it's a shitty situation. That shouldn't have happened. Because I should have been smarter. And my clumsiness came into play as well. Which I'm i am a very clumsy person. Um, but yeah, I ruined about 6 items. F- so 6 or 7 items, so bunch of movies and like one graphic novel. And so I calculated to, I calculated it to be about like $215 just to replace everything, but I got it down to only 120 because I was able to salvage some things. So I was very lucky in that. Um, and I, I haven't gotten all my replacements yet because I actually had to replace some of the replacements because two of them were broken or weren't, weren't working. So, oh, so, man. So, yeah, uh, that's not fun. Um, but it could have been a lot worse. I was able to clean up the mess. There's no smell, so I must have gotten it all. That was my biggest thing, because, like, water, water's bad and can create mildew if you don't get it, but, like, milk.
1: Yeah, that's even worse. worse.
2: So much worse. Um, so now I'm, like, at this point where if I ever do want to get, like, a drink, I make sure I have a lid. (laughs) And that it's on the ground. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You just got to be careful. It's because I, I, I've been, I think I've been there with other things. Um, nothing to the extent of what you've described, fortunately, on my end. Um, but that, that sucks. That, that sucks, dude. Uh, yeah.
2: That was, that was not a fun way to start a Tuesday morning. But I will say, strangely enough, something worse happened from that like that's bad but something significantly worse happened oh god i watched jurassic world dominion (laughs) (laughs) see i
1: uh, okay because i knew you watched this and i almost thought you were gonna say tina made you watch shaft 2019
2: (laughs) no no that did not happen um I, you know what, though? I feel like I would have had a better time. <laughs> oh,
1: man. Oh, yeah. Oh. No,
2: my God. Like, remember when I hated um, Ghostbusters Afterlife? Yes. Yeah, this is exactly the same situation, but I think it might be worse. <laughs> I mean, at least
1: Ghostbusters Afterlife has some charming new characters.
2: It, like, it has some, like, interesting narrative points at the beginning. Yeah, once like,
1: you get to the second half, and it's just Ghostbusters all over again, and it's just saying, hey, you can't do this without the old people. Sorry.
2: Like, you think you can do this, but you can't. You know you can't. And that's exactly, dude, that's exactly what happened with this new one. Like, we get all the, like, the first half of the movie is the quote-unquote Jurassic World stuff, and then they just remake Jurassic Park at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Jurassic Park, but like, you can't. Okay, that last battle, I think is my biggest problem with that movie. Sorry, to, I didn't want to cut into your. No, 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 you,
2: no. Please, please but tell I think,
1: me. I think you'll agree with me. That last battle sucks
2: ass. And you know what? You know what the worst part is about that. Mm. So you remember when they released the quote, like the quote unquote, like the prologue, like the first five minutes a while ago. Great, the like, best,
1: the best thing Colin Trevorrow's ever been involved with.
2: The best thing Colin has ever been involved with, and then they removed it for time. Yeah. So now the movie starts off with some stupid, like, you know, now this thing.
1: Like, literally the now this.
2: Yeah. It literally is the now this thing. The worst part is that that fight at the end of the movie is set up in that prologue. Because it's that giant, stupid iguana-looking thing fighting the T-Rex and killing the t-rex and it even has the shot of the the close-up shot of the eye so that's that could have set up that shot that fight and that would have made it somewhat more interesting like oh set up payoff there we go rematch but no 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 (laughs) no (laughs) stupid no and i genuinely believe no one wanted to be in that movie I don't, like, no one, not even the cast that's worked with Trevaro before, I just do not believe anyone wanted to be in that movie, even the kid, any of the legacy characters, none of them, and, like, especially, oh, my God, especially the, leg, like, Sam Neill, specifically, like, I love Sam Neill, he's great in the movie, but you could tell, like, he's just, like, I don't fucking want to be here right now. <laughs> I just, I'm just happy to hang out with Jeff and Laura.
1: No, no, dude. But I feel like Jeff's character in this movie is. I feel like it's even worse with Jeff because it's a representation of what the character is. It's like, oh yeah, I don't agree with doing another Jurassic World, but I'm getting paid.
2: <laughs> like I'm here. <laughs> Which why it's that's why like Fallen Kingdom made more sense that he just had like the bookends. Right. Because then he's just like, well, I'm here to tell you this is stupid, <laughs> and that's it. But
1: and you you brought this up to me in our conversation. We were talking about Dominion because you had a lot of things to say about Dominion. Understandable, yeah, I did. It both (laughs) this and the Star Wars uh, sequel trilogy should have ended with the second part.
2: Like fallen, like that ending of Fallen Kingdom is just like, all right, that's the end of the franchise. Boom, the dinosaurs now exist in the real world. Do we get to see what it's like? We could, but you know what? I don't think I want to. See, I nah. he-
1: he- here's what's worse, right? Because there's a lot of people who are like, oh, how come there's so many, like, dinosaurs now versus how many were escaping at the end of Fallen Kingdom? I'm like, that doesn't bother me. Okay, let it be schlock, but it's not really, like, great. Like, more I think about it, because like, I saw it once, which I'll probably mm-hmm. see when it comes out on disc. But it, it just, like, it doesn't even take advantage of it because it focuses on a completely different subplot.
2: A whole different subplot. Because, like, here's the thing. This is what I was telling Joey. This is how I would rework Jurassic World Dominion. Check this. This is my idea. So there's a character in this this movie. I won't harp on this too long because we got we got a lot to talk about. Yes. But um, there's a character in the movie named what's the character's name that DeWanda Wise plays?
1: Uh, a Kay- Kayla Kyla- Kayla Kayla so, something Hold something on. like that. She's um, like my favorite part of the movie. That's all I'll say.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, Duanda Wise plays this character, who's basically the Han Solo of this movie. I'm pretty sure Colin Trevorrow just implemented what he would have written for Han Solo, because I have a feeling he probably just, like, brought him back to life somehow in the third one. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh,
2: So, he's just like, I'm going to implement it, and I'm going to make Han Solo a completely different character. Um, So, like, she has a crummy ship, she dresses cool, she acts cool she's a pilot.
1: Kayla Watts.
2: Kayla Watts, by the way. I
1: knew it was okay. Okay. Yeah.
2: So, so imagine this, imagine the movie's actually set like 20, 30 years, maybe more so after Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. And now we're really existing in a, in a uh, dinosaur ruled world once again. Like there's it's there's foliage everywhere it's sort of it's sort of dystopian but not really it's just like the new world is sitting on top of the old world humans still exist but they're just kind of living in different like it's almost like imagine um like a a new a new progression after being regressed so much kind of thing like basically humankind has started anew with Kind of like, if you ever played the Horizon games?
1: I've never played them. I've heard good things, though.
2: Amazing games. But imagine something like that, but as a Jurassic World Dominion thing, and then she's the main character. Where she's, like, flying across, and you see, like, pterodactyls, and you see all the different dinosaurs. And um, then there's some kind of, like, science fiction-y, dinosaur-focused plot. Just saying. I think that would have been cool. And then you could have had, like, um fucking chris pratt and bryce dallas howard as like old people or like holograms i don't know oh my god and then the the clone kid is still the same because like some weird clone shit (laughs) (laughs) it's like why the fuck not i don't know but uh no whatever they gave us for that one is just bullshit i was just watching this whole movie and i'm like the from the first scene I was like, "This is bullshit. <laughs> this is terrible." Now, did and you, like, did, did you rent it or did you like
1: straight up buy it?
2: My parents rented it,
1: oh. so I lucked out. I'm I'm <laughs> very happy for you, but also very upset for Ken and Tina.
2: <laughs> well, they they don't mind it. They d- they didn't hate it as much as I did. So sure. So so I guess that works out, but enough about that because i think we're we are planning to do some kind of jurassic episode sometime in the future so we'll go more into that i'm sure oh my god when that time comes but man (laughs) but speak speaking of massive franchises we have a very big one today probably one of the biggest
1: yeah this is this is very this is incredibly significant for our show honestly um like, for a little context, we were thinking about pairing this with something else, or at least the first installment of this, but we just felt you have to have all three of these together.
2: It just didn't make sense otherwise. It really didn't. Um, but, Mr. Joe Denny Dan, what what franchise are we talking about?
1: We are talking about the Peter Jackson-directed the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and we are starting, <gasps> we, I know, it's like, if you didn't know, read the name of the episode, you wouldn't even know what it is, uh, <laughs> but the, we are specifically talking about The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring.
0: <laughs>
2: Long ago, there were rings, and everyone wore them. And then there was one more ring, and only and everybody wanted that one, <laughs> and that's it.
1: But it just didn't go, it just didn't go with your outfit, girlfriend.
2: <laughs> but I still want it. It just doesn't look good on you. Sorry. Uh,
1: so, Lord, uh, the Lord of the Rings. Okay, um, to start with, this is of course this is a literary. This is an adaptation of a book, a very, very famous. Book. Some may argue one of the greatest books ever written. Okay, this is this has sold. As I'm reading this, 150 million copies worldwide. Okay, it was published. You know, uh, published in the 50s, which is really strange to think about. Because you would have thought something like Lord of the Rings. It feels so timeless, but it was made maybe like 70 years ago, almost 70 years ago.
2: I could you could definitely look at it and just believe. Yeah. I like if you told me this was from the 80s or from like the 40s even I'd be like, yeah, I believe you. It's just I, Yeah, I can agree with that.
1: It's 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 very odd. Um but this was Especially cuz
2: yeah. Sorry. No, no, go like, ahead. Especially cuz like the 50s is very sci-fi.
1: Yes, like, very yes. like
2: the Blob and like War of the Worlds type shit, because that was what was popular, and then you got this dude, Tolkien, just like, I'm gonna make me some fantasy. I'm gonna make me, I'm gonna make me, and then he made, like, for many people, what is the quintessential fantasy, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's kind of funny, like, you think of all the different fantasy things that exist, because there's so many different, like, things, but this one feels like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna talk about, like, the quintessential, like, sort of baseline, for what fantasy is and what fantasy should be, then I feel like most people would mention Lord of the Rings, like first and foremost. It's like Indiana Jones for adventure. You know what I
1: mean? Yes. Or when you talk about like science fiction or space fantasy, you talk about Star Trek and Star and Star Wars. You know, it's sort of yeah. one of those like pillars. We should also mention The Hobbit, because the Hobbit was written in the 30s. And mm. um it, it, what's interesting, I was watching a video about this that The Hobbit had to be retooled a bit for its re release in preparation for Lord of the Rings to have it make more sense in terms of the continuity. So I think about like
2: Sounds familiar.
1: It it's it <sighs> makes me think of George Lucas where George Lucas put in Ian McDermott as Palpatine in the Empire Strikes Back, even though he wasn't cast in the Empire like he wasn't cast in Empire Strikes Back, it was some other person in some other mm-hmm. weird makeup, and he wasn't cast until Jedi, but that's a whole other thing. Um but these the like you know, there was like a movie. It's it was an animated like, like um, I think was it Ralph Bakshi who did like the the weird animated movie of this because I know there's a Hobbit, a Rankin Bass Hobbit, yeah, and there's a Ralph Bakshi like animated Lord of the Rings, but there had I there still was, never seen it. It's it's weird. I've seen clips. It's weird, um, you know, but the Lord of the Ring. I mean, like Tolkien. Like this is a a widely beloved story, and who do they get? <laughs> To do this, they get Peter
2: Jackson. They get Peter. Peter Jackson. Pa- <laughs> yes, <laughs> Mr. Peter Jackson.
1: Like, okay, let me just let me pull up Mr. Jackson's like resume. Not that, not now. That
2: he- m- mind you, you got to look at the movies he's done before he even started. Because of- we know the Peter Jackson we know today is is definitely in the ballpark of like a James Cameron or John Favreau or you know, even a George Lucas and like, you know, these are guys that further push the technology of cinema by implementing different techniques and styles and 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 technologies and equipment just to see if they can make, they basically pave the way for other filmmakers to try and improve on these things. So they introduce new technologies while also being like, hey, Give this a try. See if this makes your film better. But just to look at his filmography, <clears throat> like this is just a few things. Bad taste. Meet the feebles.
1: Brain dead. Uh oh, Heavenly Creatures is there. Um <laughs> The Fright the Fright <laughs> uh The Frighteners, I feel like is a notable one for a lot of people. Uh, oh yeah.
2: Frighteners is great.
1: And yeah, that was uh, The Frighteners, it looks like, was his last um last movie before he did these Lord of the Rings, these Middle Earth movies that have so, they've completely changed the the course of his career. Just, you know, kind of like in the same, in a similar way to how Star Wars changed George Lucas. And some might not argue for the better, but that's a whole other conversation to get into. Um, but the Lord of the, it's interesting too, because I think at one point they tried to pitch it as two movies.
2: And then he was like, nah, fam.
1: And they're like, uh, no, we only do this. Like Newline was like, we, we're gonna do three. I'm like, okay.
2: <laughs> are you sure? Yeah, why not? Like Robert Shea is just like, why not? Let's just go for th- it.
1: Let's do three.
2: Just one more. Is it? Are, are you sure that's a good idea? I mean, you talk to the guys that's made like nine Freddy Krueger movies. We got this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Oh my gosh. But yes. Lord Lord of the Rings um do you remember the first time you experienced least fellowship this Yes. First, uh, this person?
1: i did not see this in theaters and i did not watch this as a child and there's a there's a reason for this i thought it was was it scary no it was not because oh. of that and this is and i'm going to say this and and this will offend people that i care about very much so i apologize Allison. and this is true oh. back then as it was today but today it's uh, different reasons I fucking hate
2: Harry Potter, and, <laughs> and I, that is not where I—that is not in anywhere where I thought that was going. Like
1: the scariest <laughs> thing, I—I—I because I, 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 I thought there was like some p- stuff in Harry Potter that I thought was like, yeah, but I didn't care for Harry Potter, and uh I'd seen like the first couple, and I'm, like, no, this, this is not this is not for me, fam. And, uh, that's why I, I didn't see, and cause Lord of the Rings was very much alongside Harry Potter. Cause like 2001, you got, mm-hmm. uh, Sorcerer's Stone and Fellowship and they came out like a month apart. I'm pretty sure. Um, and so the first couple Harry Potter movies, first couple Lord of the Rings movies, you know, it's kind of in that same like zeitgeist. Uh, and I feel like Harry Potter somewhat influenced the success of Lord of the Rings, um, for the benefit of Lord of the Rings, which is good, good, nice. Um, mm. but I, but I didn't watch this. I did not watch the entirety of Fellowship of the Ring until ten years ago when The Hobbit <laughs> was a new movie and I had a Google Play was saying, Hey, here's a free copy of Fellowship of the Ring and that's how I first watched the Fellowship of the Ring.
2: I just I know you don't like Harry Potter, but I just not I again I have yeah, uh, no That is partially for dramatic like <laughs> I was
1: like are you gonna say shock value like
2: like offensive what's what's he gonna say he's not gonna be like racist is he this is different this is weird territory Uh, oh he hates harry potter okay that makes sense um what like
1: now when did you when did you see because i know you're not you weren't like somebody who was like oh my god oh Uh, it took me a second yeah (laughs) (laughs) like i think what i'm
2: gonna say might be more might be worse Uh. (laughs) I don't know man
1: I don't know I'm gonna upset a lot of people
2: (laughs) (laughs) like he hates Harry Potter what Uh, now you know why we haven't talked about it on the show
1: (laughs) (laughs) we might be the two worst people to talk about these movies (laughs) (laughs) do we even enjoy
2: anything (laughs) of course not 89 episodes of us saying we like things is bullshit (laughs) we hate everything (laughs) we're letting it loose (laughs)
1: but just but your your experience is definitely interesting though please go on yeah (laughs)
2: all right so i was a harry potter kid admittedly and i i i hate to admit it because i'm very much like adamant against this kind of thought process but like i was i was very much swept in the competitive culture of like nerd stuff so like you know oh either you like this or or you don't like either you you hate this or you or you like the other thing And so obviously I was very much in the camp of Harry Potter, but then ironically, even though Harry Potter was significantly more popular, I imagine before Lord of the Rings came out, um, to a certain extent, maybe, um, when Lord of the Rings came out, you know, it became a huge thing. It was like the biggest thing ever. And there's that knee jerk instinct. I think most people have where, because it's popular, you hate it. You're like, what's so good about this? Why is everyone like this? What is this? It doesn't it's it's a thought process that I, I hate so much, and I think part of it is because like I look back on that on myself and I'm like, "Why did I do that? It's adamantly annoying, but in as time had gone on, after you know those movies came out and I was just hating on them for no reason, um, I would eventually try to watch them, and then fellowship is so long. <laughs> <laughs> and i i mean you know if you've heard the show before you know like back in the day i used to have a real trouble with trying to keep my attention with some movies and so i'd fall asleep pretty easily and so with fellowship it was normally around the time um that they would be trying to go into the the mines, mines of like War. it was always that it was always that scene that i would fall asleep and then it was weird that it was always like specifically that moment because mm-hmm. like so much had happened prior to that and I'm already like huh? uh, uh. and so it it took me a really long time to finally kind of get over that stupid mindset but also just to like be awake um but then 2 years ago we were in lockdown we started doing the show and I was like you know what I'm just going to watch these movies like what do I, what do I got to lose? I'm going to watch them eventually. Maybe we'll do an episode for the show. So I want to be able to have seen these and have something to say, like them or not. And I, I went the full Monty. I watched theatrical cut of all three. And then I watched the extended cut of all three. And then I watched, um, I even, even though you, you advised me not to, I still watched the Hobbit movies (laughs) and about 30 minutes to about forty five minutes was was even entertaining in the whole trilogy. <laughs> that sounds about right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um But uh I I I did the whole thing. I, I went through the whole journey. I watched every single one of the movies. The only thing that I did differently with Hobbit than I did with Lord of the Rings was that I watched because I didn't have like the extended cut for all of the the Hobbit movies. so I think I watched the theatrical of like the first and the third, and then I watched the extended of like the second, I think. Gotcha. Because that's just what I had access to. Is my friend my friend that I sh- uh, shares my Voodoo account with me, and that's the ones that he bought. So I'm like, why did you buy the why did you buy that one? But like the other two is like he's like I don't know. <laughs> so. but no, I w- I did the whole thing and I watched all all the movies. And I can say with certainty, at this point, especially after watching the the initial three movies, that I I would consider myself maybe a casual fan. Mm. I do like these movies a lot more now, and I appreciate what they did and like the the performances. But um, I don't know if I would consider myself like a super like hardcore Lord of the Rings fan. But I'm definitely a fan of these movies now. Yeah. So, but it is just sort of weird that, you know, to to get from that point to being like, oh, this isn't Harry Potter, this is stupid. <laughs> 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 to be in like to 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 just be in like, why did I think that? What was that thought process? I don't know. Yeah. So, to anyone that's still, because there's people I I know that are still in that mindset, like you know, for some reason they're not allowed to like another thing. Can you stop doing that? It's okay to like more than one thing. You don't have to be like this. isn't We're not at war. This is we're. This isn't like a civil war thing. This isn't like a just. If you want to like something, even though it's like the opposite in your brain of the other thing, who gives a shit? Just just enjoy yourself. Yeah, you're gonna die soon, so just oh enjoy gosh, things.
1: That's so dark. <laughs> my gosh, it's
2: sad truth, it's,
1: man. I thought me just starting out saying I fucking hate Harry Potter was gonna be a low point.
2: I told you. <laughs> nah, you. You dug us deeper. So let's... let's Let's get us
1: undugged uh, by talking about... Actually talking about Fellowship of the Ring, um, which is actually in the National Film Registry as of 2021.
2: Oh. It's, it took them that long?
1: Well, you have to be at least 10 years old to get in, and they only went oh. in 25 movies a year. And I know people get, like, super weird about, like, oh, this movie didn't get in this year, and it's like, guys... There are other movies, other than narrative features, that are in the National Film Registry. Like plenty of great narrative features are in the National Film Registry. I mean, of course, Star Wars, The Godfather, mm-hmm. Casablanca, the Dark, the Dark Knight, Shrek, all classics. Um, mm-hmm. But like, but like, there's other, there's like educational shorts. Like, I think there's like, um, there's a short about like, like bomb, like how what to do in like a bomb, like a like an atomic bomb threat situation, like bomb drills. You know, from that's back, important. Like, like in the cold, that's an important piece of cinema right there. Honestly, yeah. like no, no joke. Um, you know, so it just takes a while. Right. And you got fellowships. So that's good. Um,
2: I and- think, I think those same people are like the people that used to be like me, like, ah, oh, hate this. Cause it's not what I like in your face, <laughs> in your face. But then like you, I imagine some people would be like, wait, is that Daniel? Re- no, that's Elijah Wood. Never mind. I hate it.
1: (laughs) But that was the thing, too. There were, like, things, I'm like, they're so similar. And I didn't understand the concept of, like, like fantasy is not, like,
2: just one thing. (laughs) You know? um, You just just figure out that Harry Potter's actually set in Middle-Earth, but, like, modern times. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, But Fellowship of the Ring, you know...
1: um,
2: What's the basic premise of this one?
1: The basic, well, it's the one that sets everything up. We find it, like, through, I think, honestly, a great opening sequence. We learned about the whole backstory about this Sauron cat, right? Who made all these rings. And he especially made the one ring to rule them all.
2: One ring to find them.
1: (laughs) I'm not, I, I, listen, I I need to keep going, Richard. There's
2: only so much time. (laughs) Okay, fine. Sorry. I was just trying to feed the Lord of the Rings fans listening to this that actually found our show somehow.
1: Listen, um, I'm tired. (laughs) So I'd be no help. But anyway, um, so we find out the whole backstory of this guy, right? And we find out he was defeated by Isildur. Okay, and you're like, who the fuck is a sealer? I'm like, well, guess what? He, was, he becomes a. Well, guess what? He, he slices off goddamn Sauron's hand, the ring, he takes the ring, then the ring is lost for a long time. Okay, and Gollum has it, Bilbo has it, and Bilbo has it for a while. Okay, but ultimately, Sauron is trying to regain his forces, right? And he's trying to regain the ring. So this movie is is literally the start of this journey where we need to we need to destroy this ring, okay? We need to get to Mount Doom. Obviously don't get to Mount Doom in this movie and throw the ring in the volcano. We can't do that here. But this movie is the formation of the team. It's the formation of the fellowship, the key bonds, the key alliances uh are made
2: up in this film. It is the part 1. <laughs> It, it is, It is, in fact, part one. That was so aggressive. I'm, I'm so sorry, dude. You did not deserve that. I'm sorry. I was like, I just wanted to do a quote, and then he yelled at me.
1: No. Listen, it's just, I'm like, I'm blanking right now. I'm just trying to, like, keep
2: myself. That's fine. That's cool. I get it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. But yeah, this is this is where we get the team, this is where we get the fellowship. Um, because like Joey said, they gotta get the one ring to Mount Doom. Now the one ring is uh is a one of these rings of power and like I guess the specific ability that it has outside of like manipulating people to like like to their worst impulses essentially, especially towards the ring, it's like, this is mine, this is my precious that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Is they can put it on their finger and they become invisible. They become invisible to normal people, but then to like
1: Ring Wraiths and, and Sauron, it's like you know, like in cartoons where it's like, here, over here, guys! Oh like the big sa- <laughs> like,
2: Right here. It's like it's like in Harry Potter where they can't save Voldemort, or else Voldemort knows where you are. It's the same damn thing. You know what? I don't. I, I don't even
1: think. Like, listen. This is how out of the loop I am with Harry Potter. I don't even. Th- I, I don't even think I knew that was the reason why they couldn't fucking save Voldemort.
2: <laughs> Oops. It's J. K. Rowling just ripped off joking. But anyway. 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 anyway but um, but the so, thing is, like, yeah, this
1: ring. Like, we need to destroy this ring. Okay, it, it's such a it's such a weird conundrum because everybody's like we need to use this ring and use it to our advantage. It's like, no, that's not going to no. help. We can't really use it to help us. It's not going to do much, really. Yeah. You know. It sounds
2: it sounds a lot like a gun problem that's going on right now. <laughs> <laughs> not to get real world again, oh, but
1: <laughs> um, but going beyond that, I I love I like that this movie like especially with the beginning takes its time in the Shire. Okay, the Shire is where are where the hobbits live. These are a simple folk. A
2: simple, peaceful, all they do is drink and smoke weed. They eat. They eat. Listen, if Shaggy lived in <laughs> lived in Middle Earth with Scooby, I know his favorite place. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. But I, I like that they set this up
1: because it sets up these hobbits as these carefree people, and you're like, What good would these guys be in a battle or in any sort of grand situation? What?
2: And it turns out quite a bit. They're very important. (laughs) They're very important. So, so our central hobbits. We have four hobbits from the Shire that go on this adventure, and four members of the that make up four members of the fellowship. We have uh, Merry and Pippin. Who are kind of the the comic relief characters, but also they have like a sense of duty and they want to help their their Hobbit brethren, and then you have Samwise Gamgee, who's personally my favorite character I think in this whole franchise, mm-hmm. because he's like the most he's like the greatest best friend in the history of cinema, arguably, like he's up there with like Bill and Ted, and and you know some of the I can't think of any more, but like he's up there, like he's like, iconic.
1: <laughs> yes, for sure, for sure, iconic.
2: And then, of course, probably the most important character in the whole piece, you have Frodo Baggins, mm-hmm. played by Elijah Wood, not Daniel Radcliffe, though they look so similar. <laughs> they do. <laughs> they really do. That's why I, I told Joey when I was watching, it, I was like, "Can the Daniels make a movie with uh, reteaming with Daniel Radcliffe, but then have Elijah Wood in there? Because I know he likes to make like indie movies. Have it Come be on. like the print, the Prince and the
1: Pauper, but with Daniel Radcliffe." <laughs> um (laughs) no but like you know they start off uh, as like these carefree individuals right it's kind of like a lot of other like epics i think about gone with the wind honestly a lot minus the racism racism Um, but like (laughs) they start off at a point where every like our main characters anyway are happy but then there's the looming presence of war right and you know when you rewatch it you really i at least for me it it becomes more sad whenever i rewatch the beginning of fellowship because i know that for arm four characters it will never be the same after this point
2: like and they 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 be they they change so much through the progression of the journey itself like you know i just think about like with samwise you know he starts off sort of terrified a little bit or sort of like you know I don't know, he's meek in a way. Mm -hmm. Like he's just sort of but then, you know, he does these incredible things to just to help Frodo. Like I I think of well, we'll get to like there's that moment in Return of the King, um, where he carries him on his back. He's like, I can't carry the ring, but I can carry you. But he says it more like epic than that, not like mm, not like sarcastic.
1: That's why they pay Sean Astin the big bucks.
2: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> he gets the, he gets the money he, he um gets, he gets the money but um then like by the end of it he's like a completely different person he's got more confidence he's more bold and so these characters when you fir- like so when you first see them it's just sort of just just knowing that frodo was happy yeah Cause, like I think of that scene in, in Fellowship when he first sees Gandalf, and he jumps and he leaps at him like, you know, I'm so excited to see you, and it's like this nice little warm moment, and then like you think what happens later, you're like, shit. <laughs> he uh... has no idea. And he's sort of just kind of thrust into this, because if Bilbo hadn't gone on his adventure, because, you know, Bilbo Baggins, his, was his uncle? Uncle. Uncle. Um, and hadn't, you know, acquired the ring and decided to keep it then you know frodo probably wouldn't have had to deal with this but it's it is like just to think of all the shit that frodo goes through you're like god damn it
1: yeah frodo i mean again like it's one of those main characters where you know he's not like luke or like harry potter where they become incredibly powerful you know no 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 yeah you're like, or, or you know, when you think about those stories, like, Harry Potter's able to face off against Voldemort, or, like, Luke's able to face off, I mean, Luke's able to face off so many different things, but Frodo is just in a constant state of, like,
2: helplessness. <laughs> like, I, I'm gonna, like, he gets stabbed probably eight times, <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> he,
1: he gets stabbed a lot, he falls down, de- there's a Frodo, like, fall count, like, how many times Frodo falls down? It's just, like.
2: <sighs> And it's just this constant look of terror in his eyes at all times. That's pro- I, I, if you watch the movie, you notice that Peter Jackson focuses so much on Elijah Wood's face. Like, he I, he loves faces. He does great with close-ups. Um, but, like, Elijah Wood's eyes are so distinct yep. throughout the whole series. Because, I mean, Elijah Wood's got, like, these very distinct, beautiful, big, blue eyes. And so um, whenever you get that close-up shot, they're piercing almost. Mm-hmm. Like, they're almost glowing. Yeah. And no matter what, it's like when he's in terror, when he's excited, but it's usually in terror that we that we get those close-ups.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, you know, and, and I know we're going to say more on those Hobbits as the other movies go on, but I do want to talk about the other members of our Fellowship of fellow. that we get to meet. So,
2: so the two, so we have, so we got the initial duo of the Hobbits, we got Mary, we got Pippin, they, they have a lot of great, those are... Um, Joey and I, uh, that's probably like the equivalent of Joey and I, yeah as far as characters (laughs) in the whole series. But then the other great pair of sort of comic relief, but also just kind of bonding, sort of a nice representation of the bond that a lot of these characters have, is, uh, Legolas played by, uh, Will Turner. (laughs) Orlando. (laughs) Orlando Bloom. Yep. Orlando Bloom. And then you have, uh, Gimli, um, the dwarf, played by, um... John Rhys-Davies and uh initially I guess from what from just from like initial character interactions we're told that the dwarves and the elves tend to hate each other there's a lot of a racism lot of, going on a in lot Lord of, of the a lot of race struggle yeah and so like with uh with those two characters um like Legolas is very much like the uh the concerned sort of like stern sort of character like he's very much the straight man and Gimli is like this like begrudging like like I almost I almost, uh, liken Gimli to like a sitcom dad (laughs) where he just drinks and says and says like nonsense all the time he's he he
1: tends to be the butt of the jokes um in a lot throughout this whole series there's so many moments where it's just like oh Gimli you shouldn't have done that and he's like what (laughs) (laughs) um you know though crazy story about about John Rhys-Davies Apparently, with the makeup that he was wearing, because obviously he wears like there's a lot of prosthetics going on, he was mm-hmm. allergic to it, so he couldn't wear it more than two days at it, like two days at a time. Uh,
2: that's oh man, that sucks.
1: There's a lot of like crazy like production stories, but that's that's a that's a wild one. But you know, well, again, their bond grows throughout these movies. Um, you got to talk about. Um, you got to talk about one of the most important, the other, I would say other than Frodo, the most important character. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, obviously, obvi- Tom Bombadil. No, I'm kidding. That's a character <laughs> in the book. <laughs> um, I'm like, who? <laughs> yeah, he's a character they run into in the book. Tom Bombadil, man. They, they cut out, hey, Tom, <laughs> They has like a whole song, I think. But um, no, the other character <laughs> is Aragorn, son of Arathorn. He's a descendant of Isildur. Okay, and he's played by. You said that perfectly,
2: by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> like, like you just went like, I'm like see Damn. that. See
1: when I w- my brain works, I can I can function. <laughs> um, th- <laughs> can I tell you the full like fe- like ring quote? Right? No, <laughs> no, um, no. But like he is like the the king that will we like he is
2: the king who
1: he's the guy who will become king. But we first see him as
2: Strider the Ranger. Strider the Ranger, played by Viggo Mortensen, by the way. I was about to say fried uh, um, chicken dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he's he's very much like the 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 Quinti- like the, the unofficial leader of the group, essentially, because he's got the most. He's arguably got the most experience because we learn later that he's like eighty-seven years old, so he's but, been around for a while. Yeah, other than Gandalf, he's the the oldest member of the Fellowship. Probably. Other than Gandalf, for sure. <laughs> Um, so he's, uh, and one of the things I like about Aragorn is that he, like, while he starts off very mysterious, I love, I love the shot in that tavern when he's just sitting in the corner yes! with the hood on yes! and he's got the pipe. It's so great. I, I wish so I had great. that
1: as a picture on, the, on my wall, honestly. It's one of my favorite shots.
2: As a painting, could you imagine? Oh. Could you, Just like, uh, just like if you commission like an artist to just paint that. And just his foot's propped up, and you you see, like, the hilt of his sword, like, the handle, just smoking the pipe. Hmm. Man. That's, listen, that's my sexuality. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, like, Lord of the
1: Rings, there's mostly dudes, so it's just, like, you just love a bunch of dudes in this movie. Like, there's some chicks, but not a lot. We'll get to them.
2: (laughs) Oh my god, no, it's it's so good and then but what's great is that he never come he's so humble yes and he's so altruistic there's just never a point he has any maliciousness to him like they talk a lot about like the 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 sort of you know uh what's the word um how how cautious they are about allowing man like the human beings into the fellowship just because the ring is so easily corruptible like like Mm -hmm. you can easily just show it to a man which we see with sean bean's character uh was it boromir boromir from boromir from gondor the he's like a prince basically to the to the current like to
1: to the steward like he's the son of the steward of gondor
2: yeah um so like we see like he has the most tragic i think of all these because he's the first member of the fellowship to die because it's sean bean so, but, um, like he's sort of the example of that. Cause like they talk about how the ring could, could corrupt man so easily. And, um, throughout, throughout the whole, through his whole time being there, you just see him like easily just being a Lord and even going so far as attacking Frodo mm-hmm. just to try to get the ring until he realizes like, what did I do? And then he finally, um, is able to prove himself that he is a true member of the fellowship and he saves, uh, Merry and Pippin and fights off the orcs that are attacking and he he dies a brave death. He does. He dies a hero's death for sure. That um, is
1: uh that moment it gets me every time when he's like in his la- last breaths and he's t- you know just like wanting to make sure that the hobbits are safe. But there's also great too because there's moments where he get he you see him having fun with the hobbits and mm, like I like when
2: they're when they're practicing sword fighting.
1: Yes. It's it, it's so sweet. And then, like, after, like, we think Gandalf is dead, um, which is another big moment, he's just like, we need, we need, these puppets need a moment. We need to stop for a second.
2: Like, like, halt, guys, come on! Everyone
1: else is like, no, we gotta keep going. We gotta keep
2: going. (laughs) Um, Oh, but speaking of Gandalf, that is the final piece of this puzzle of this Fellowship is Gandalf the Grey, played by Magneto himself, Mr. Ian McKellen. Sir, isn't he Sir Ian McKellen? I believe he is, is Sir. Is he, he is knighted? Sir.
1: I think he's knighted. Um, if he's not knighted, I don't know who is. Uh, who, Matt, who if cares? he's if he's
2: not knighted, I'm pissed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, was, uh, yes, he, Ian McKellen. I think,
1: uh, sorry, not to interrupt, but like, I but think he, he is a huge, especially for this first movie, when he's Gandalf the Grey, he was nominated for an Oscar for this, deservedly so. He is a huge key to this. He has such a warmth with this character, um... But there's also moments where he gets angry at the, at the, at the hobbits for being idiots. Listen, sometimes you get
2: too warm. It might burn a little.
1: No, but like, he, it's just such like a lovely presence. I think, like, again, we talk about the conversations he has with, with Frodo when they're like, when they're riding in his cart, uh, his mm-hmm. carriage or whatever. Um, you know, his moments with, uh, his moments with Bilbo, you know, he just adds, he adds so much to the, to this story. Um, mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, like even just when he's yelling at Merry and Pippin, specifically Pippin, Billy Boyd. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, Pippin! Pippin does some things, man. <laughs> there's, there's some... he's just silly, but like he's also clumsy and he makes mistakes. But you know, he pays for him. He he pulls his weight. Mm-hmm. He he throws a sword when he needs to. But um, but yeah, Gandalf is just. You can, you can see why he is such a beloved character with Ian McKellen's performance. Because, again, like you were saying, he is very warm. He's very... Um, but he's also very fiery. Yeah. Um, when he needs to be. Like, there's that icon... Like, the like like the sort of two moments, like, when he first talks to, to Frodo at the beginning of the movie. And he says that great line, like, you know, a wizard is never late. He arrives promptly when he means to. Precise, precisely when he means to. Precisely, yeah, yeah. precisely when he means to. And then it's just, like, a nice, like, moment to know, like, this is a warm, loving character. And yep. then, you know, he embraces Frodo. And then at, uh, towards the end of this movie, the, the great moment, people quote all the time, You shall not pass! And so that he, like, s- strikes the his staff down to fight the Balrog at the end of the movie. Um, so, yes. like, like, this is a guy that's been around. He's ready for battle. But he's also very aware. Like... That's what I love about a lot of the human, or not human, a lot of the the other characters along with the Hobbits. Like, the Hobbits have never experienced any of this, but each of these guys have been shaped by battle, just to one extent or another, because, like, we talk about, obviously, going off to war. So, like, Gimli is very much battle-hungry a lot of the times, and then Legolas is is very prepared. Like, he might not want it, but he's very prepared.
1: He's He is also Aragorn's <laughs> hype man.
2: He is. He is very much, like, whoop!
1: He's yeah he would goal. be this is
2: our goal son of our goal. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know shit you know who this guy is he's fantastic um and then Aragorn obviously he's been around for so long and he's he's humbled so much because of this but also I think we also
1: have to mention too he was also raised by elrond uh yes played by Hugo weaving where Hugo weaving was alive for that final that battle with Sauron and saw. Isildur not throw the ring in. I love that. Throw the ring and cast it out. No. No. <laughs> and I, I'm like yeah, this is why El uh, why Elrod's just doesn't like people. And is just like, like humans
2: suck, man. You people, pe-
1: people stink. Um, you know, <laughs> and he's always just doubting Aragorn, but also also he doesn't want uh his daughter, he doesn't want Arwen to get uh to get involved with Aragorn.
2: Nah, he's... Mm, don't don't you do that. D- uh, don't D- you? T- that boy's trouble. I, I, um,
1: uh, she's played by Liv Tyler, Arwen. Um, one of my favorite moments of the whole movie is when uh, Frodo is with Arwen on the horse and runs away if, on horseback. If you want the... him. Come and claim him. It's such a badass moment, and it's just so disappointing that she literally just does nothing in the other two movies. <laughs> because she's so sidelined
2: for uh, how long these movies are you'd expect her to have something but like, whatever
1: apparently she had stuff in two towers but they cut it out um you know but that has- moment i live for i love it that it, it's amazing um it, so l runs like a big it's a big deal big part of that um you know big part of this uh the the politics of this we have galadriel of course um where she wants the ring and that's such a freaky scene
2: oh she's like you will not have a lord but you'll have a queen
0: beautiful and terrible as the gods (laughs) the foundations of the end all shall love me and despair
2: Um, <laughs> and then just frodo just like jesus christ
1: <laughs> <laughs> lady i literally just want my Z, okay <laughs>
2: <laughs> like it's Z, second breakfast you need to chill <laughs>
1: can, can i also just say like the disc cut off like uh, because obviously we you can't watch this all in one disc the disc cut off for fellowship is perfect because it's at it's after the fir- it's the formation of the of the fellowship
2: and then and then the second half is them starting the, the journey. The the long uh, journey. The long journey uh, to oh! Mount Doom. We need to talk about
1: Christopher Lee. We haven't...
2: Saruman.
1: Listen, listen. And we're going to get to more about him a little bit. But, like, Christopher Lee... I mean, we talked about him before on this program. What a legend, for one. Absolutely. Um, but also, like... Like, obviously, Sauron is the main overarching, like, villain. Like, he's the guy that they're mo- like. But, like, Saruman is, like, Darth Vader. He is, like, the boots... On, like, not necessarily boots on the ground, but, like, he is the more personified... Personification of evil. Because the Emperor in the other Star Wars movies, until Jedi, is, like, in the shadows or, like, on a conference call or whatever. Saruman is somebody who works, you know... More on the front lines, maybe not, like, literal front lines, but he is a presence that we consistently see, at least with these first two movies. And, like Darth Vader, used to be uh, a friend of our heroes, so when Gandalf asks for his help, Sauron is like, nah, fan, I'm with Sauron. (laughs)
2: Like, listen, you came a little late, and Sauron was like, you wanna hook up? I was like, you know what? Yeah, kind of. I mean, your name is Sauron, my name is Saruman. It just makes sense. It just like it just it just gels a lot better. Like like Saruman and Gandalf.
1: Like that's one of my other favorite scenes too is when Gandalf and Saruman are fighting.
2: um, I will I will admit that the first time I watched that scene, it was just I, I I laughed. (laughs) it's just these two old guys just like pointing just going oh (laughs) there's pointing sticks at each other (laughs) and then the bit when when coming in with with both stabs and then he just got Gandalf like spinning like doing a break dance (laughs) I'm sorry it is a great scene though like I do like it a lot more because like it's just so it's just so well choreographed and I love the camera work and stuff but like the first time I ever watched it I was like this, this should be silly, and I, and I enjoy that. <laughs>
1: I mean, that's the other thing with these movies, too, is they just go for it, as far as, like, the emotions and just, like, the spectacle.
2: Listen, and I, I'm going to say this now to talk about... Uh, I have lost of train of thought there. Um, I'm going to say this now. Peter Jackson, along with a lot of other directors who started off in horror... And I've said this many times. I, I genuinely believe horror directors make some of the best blockbusters ever. Like you know, I think of Aquaman, and I think of <clears throat> the Sam Raimi Spider Man movies. Mm-hmm. Like there's just something that horror directors can do because they 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 work so much in theatricality. And they work so much in set design and prosthetics and, and all these different facets because like horror in in many respects is a very visual medium because it's very much trying to tell a story with just someone walking through a dark corridor like with some like spooky ghost at the end of it or something. And it has to be very atmospheric. There's gotta be a lot of great prosthetics. There's got there's there's so many great elements that come into play. It's it's I think it's a great learning tool for anybody who wants to get into filmmaking to try horror because you'll learn every facet. Not that others don't, but I, I especially believe in horror. You'll learn every facet of filmmaking and some of the best facets. And you'll learn how to be like silly and theatrical and just go for it. Because you don't need to really worry about that with horror necessarily. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes you do. But like, you know, when you're going for it, you're going for it. And so when they adapt to blockbusters, they apply that same logic and they, they go wild and they do these great special effects and great prosthetics and so I've always felt that horror directors tend to make the best blockbusters and I think if there's any example like prime example of that being proven true it's Lord of the Rings
1: especially true because like th- this is like a fantasy setting as well where horrific things can happen um, I-, I think about like the close-ups in this movie especially
2: is it secret? is it safe? is it secret? is it safe? And, like just the hairs
1: yes just- yeah, you get mm. like like stuff like that. Um, of course, the ring the ring wraiths I think are pretty scary,
2: especially when he puts the ring on mm-hmm. and you see what they actually look like. And like they look more angelic and they're like pure white, but they're still freaky as hell.
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, and there's also other things we're going to get to in the other movies that I think are also like horror things. But I also think about Sam Raimi in the first Spider Man when those Oscorp board members die and they turn into skeletons. Yeah. Um, it's silly. It's <laughs> like fantastic. That's, like that's the energy we're, I think we're talking about. Um,
2: and on, on know, that note too. And yeah. I got this. And and I think it was Waiky that said this to me, and I said this to you. Uh, but you know, blockbusters don't feel scary anymore. No,
1: I think I think um, I think one thing I can think about, and this it relates to as many things in my life, do Disney park attractions, Guardians of the Galaxy, Mission: Breakout versus Tower of Terror. Okay, if you don't know, they're both, like, elevator drop rides. They're both drop rides, okay? Like, where mm-hmm. you go up and you go down. You go <clears throat> up and you go down. One of them is, like, a fun, a fun, exciting thing, uh, which is Guardians. The other one, Tower of Terror, is scary as shit. So it's like, they're both... do. They use the same mechanism, but they're using it in very different ways. And I think about that yeah. with blockbusters, too, where um, I think about was it Thor Love and Thunder which I saw not that long ago. Um I think about Christian Bale's character in that movie and I think about how like compared to other Marvel villains how scary he is in that movie. It's also silly mm-hmm. but like really sc- like j- scary stuff. You know, and I don't know if there's quite anything quite like that in like modern like most modern big budget blockbusters
2: like i was gonna say the same thing but i was thinking of like wanda and dr strange 2
1: oh that's that's a good example in dr strange
2: and a lot of it too is sam raimi not and i think elizabeth olsen gives an incredible performance in that as well but like she's very you know like creaky and and very like she's terrifying in that one yeah absolutely for sure and she kills all the cameos I mean, yeah that really
1: that really makes <laughs> makes an impact um but I think about like when they're in moria and they find that all the dwarves are dead in moria you know that's like
2: the way that's shot you're just like oh man <laughs> just like all the skeletons and even, you know even just the orcs are terrifying mm-hmm. like all the makeup effect like and each one is so distinct like there's the oh, ones the that
1: the urukai. Like, oh man <sighs> mm. Yeah,
2: like yeah. there's some that look like like the like beastly like werewolf looking things, and there's some that look kind of like snivelly, just like yeah, you know, like yes. yes, it's uh And the, again, it's there's some gen- there's some really terrifying imagery in this movie, and I wholeheartedly appreciate it.
1: <laughs> there's so many like just great lines in these movies. You talk about like yeah, everybody obviously one ring to, to rule them all. You shall what not pass. Find
2: <laughs> the, the,
1: the, something one to bind them or something and then find them This something isn't it
2: isn't it like one ring to bring them all hold on yeah one ring to bring them on in the darkness bind them i think that's
1: yes right. there is a bind and a find somewhere uh, <laughs> A
2: bind and a find
1: yes that's, that's better uh, <laughs> if you're in a bind find it boom uh, um you know, obviously, uh, I always like to think about. The moon, Do not think me of some conjurer of cheap tricks. But there's also my I'm baby- not trying
2: to rob you. I'm trying to help you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's great. But I but I also think about. Um, there's one line that Frodo says where it's like, I hate that I was born in this time, or that I hate that we're in such times. And Gandalf gives him like these words that, like, you know, it's not for us to to really choose, you know that sort of thing i i wish i could remember the line but you know i I, I I remember what you were talking about yeah (laughs) um but my one of my favorites and this is a line that richard knows i quote a lot gollum both loves and hates the ring just as he hates and loves himself
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah um, yeah, but like, but you 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 recontextualize it sometimes just to aim at yourself. <laughs> yes, it is. This is true. <laughs>
1: this is true. This is very true. Um, I think uh, I think this does a good job getting us started. Um, I, w- you know, it's weird. Like, would you say this is your least favorite out of the three? Mm.
2: That's a good question. Cause I think I've enjoyed it more that I've like, I've seen it th- this verse. Cause we watched the extended cut by the way, for all these movies. Yes. Um, if you couldn't tell, but, uh, f- for this one specifically, I think the more I've watched it, the more I've enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Cause I, cause it really is, it really is about world building and like setting up the world. And there's like a real mysticism to all of it. Like, even, like, the the way the voice... Like, because, like, obviously voiceover scenes could, like, work or not work, but I think in this instance, I think it worked pretty well, especially the opening, just hearing Cate Blanchett explain what what happened with the One Ring and how everything played out, and then uh, Gandalf in his, like, one little moment where he's, like, reading about what the Ring is and, like, trying to figure stuff out. Or um, just the way that the Howard Shore music is, like, which is... Like, it has like it has everything you want if, if you want a good fantasy like it it really does. So I don't. I, maybe it would be my least favorite. I'm not like I I think I need to think about that a little bit more. But I be, I definitely enjoy it a lot more. N-
1: not that it's a contest, obviously, because I think when you look at all three of them together, it's really one movie. But, it really is. But it it's one of those things where I think when I was younger, I think I enjoyed it like, a lot more than the others, but I'm not sure. And also, too, like, I think it's one of those cases where I think, like, the, um, the theatrical cut would have worked better for this instance. I think for some of the other movies, having it be extended really works out, particularly with Return of the King, as weird as that sounds.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but I think, we you're talking about world building and all that, which is important, and I think the most important thing that these movies get so right is character. I mean, so many great characters i mean and it's hard for me just to pick like a favorite character because i as you said sam samwise is a great character the other hobbits are fantastic seeing the late great ian Holm as bilbo baggins fantastic mm. um El- elrond being grumpy hell yes so relatable boromir so tragic like heart heartbreaking like demise where it's like it really—it's one of the moments that really sticks with you um, in these movies. But it ends. It's also interesting too because it's not like Star Wars, where the original Star Wars, even though it's a trilogy, you can look at those as each as separate movies. This you cannot. Yeah,
2: it's hard. And that and 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 a lot of that is because, fun fact, Peter Jackson filmed all three movies at once. Yeah. So like you know we've talked about that a little bit with some of the other. Uh, trilogy stuff that we talked about and just some of the movies like this idea that you know for a lot for a while there was this idea that you know filmmakers like they'll make the first movie and then they'll go and make the second and third at the same time like that happened with the matrix for example and that happens with pirates of the caribbean movies at least the first three like um they'll make that first movie and then after it's successful they're like okay let's make these these next few um so With Peter Jackson it almost feels like not that he wasn't the first one to do it maybe I don't I don't really know but it definitely feels like he got the ball rolling in a way with that one because he filmed all three of these movies at once in the 90s in the late 90s and then but and I thought it was kind of wild because with those initial like latter installments with most trilogies they tend to release like a good three four months apart like one and at the end of summer and one at the beginning of the holiday season but then you told me that they actually released all three movies, all three Hobbit movies during the holiday seasons, right?
1: Yes, which makes sense because in the holiday seasons, like it is possible to have a big opening weekend in the holiday, but more importantly, oh, yeah. you can have legs, see Titanic, okay, cuz Titanic played forever, okay, mm. and it opened like Christmas time. Avatar, we've seen um, you know, and the Hobbit movies of like, followed that tradition. The Hobbit movies were all released in December of each of their respective years, you know? Um, so, economically, it makes sense as a decision. because it does. Because you've got you know, families go, and they, there's a longer period. It has a longer shelf, yeah, longer shelf life for these things. It's
2: just, that was just kind of crazy. Because I guess, uh, you know, you're just so used to, like, this other method. But then you go mm-hmm. back to, like, this. Because he... He it's just kind of wild to think that he filmed all of these at once, but it worked out.
1: I and, think so. I think and, so. And uh, he
2: he he did something pretty radical. And like I said, like he turned what many people considered the quintessential fantasy story into like the quintessential fantasy movies. I, I suspect. Like, I mean, obviously, there's so many iconic fantasy movies in the the ether and in, in the world of fantasy movies and. Yet I, I genuinely do believe that whenever anyone thinks of fantasy, like obviously you think of wizards and pointy hats and elves and swords and dragons and all that stuff, and the thing is, all that shit is here. Yeah, all of it is here, and it's all done beautifully by everybody involved. And so it is. It's it's, it's you know bravo, you know tip of the hat to Peter Jackson.
1: <laughs> yes. And we, sure. we will have we will have more um insight on these films and also probably more terrible New Zealand accents. Um <laughs> when we were
2: the, what? wasn't so bad, was it?
1: Well, it, <laughs> re, le, le, we are two guys from, <laughs> <weren't> from America. <laughs> That's okay. not a, it's not a slight at you. It's just our limitations at not being New Zealand. <laughs>
0: Fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: you know, we're going to take a quick uh, intermission. When we come back, we're going to talk about the second film in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Stay tuned.
2: Welcome back to Dudes, One Double Feature, where we continue our quest through Middle-Earth to try and drop the One Ring into Mordor. This time, we are talking about... Uh, what film, Joey?
1: We're talking about the second film of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers.
2: But I do want to make a quick thing here, because we just did something pretty, pretty exciting. So, obviously, we're on... You're either listening to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or SoundCloud, which is our kind of main hub. We have now expanded to Stitcher and TuneIn. Mm-hmm. So if you would like to listen to it, we'll make a post um, at some point, I'm sure. We probably would have already made a post some point before this episode comes out. But in case uh, you want to try those other platforms, if you don't have access to the ones that we have, we now have those for you. So if you want to listen to us there, we are there now um so anyways yes lord of the rings the two towers um this is this is sort of like where i don't know how would you describe this one like i mean it is like it's th- it's part two
1: it's a continuation but like i, I and i know yeah. i say I, i'm going to contradict myself i know i said that like you can't look at these as like three separate movies but there is are distinct things that have that happen in this movie Different from the other two. So obviously, continuing off of the last one, Boromir, dead. Hobbits, scattered. The members of the spell- Fellowship somewhat split up and they're on the road. Gandalf
2: also dead at first. Gandalf.
1: Gandalf at first also dead. So now, th- this is the really the main thrust of this thing is the kingdom. I think one of the main things, at least with three of our members of the Fellowship, is the kingdom
2: of Rohan, right? Wh- which is led by... Um the captain of the titanic
1: (laughs) captain of the titanic who, as we all know the captain of the titanic historically is named theoden
2: like i'm pretty sure i learned that in history class so i know this is accurate
1: Uh, obviously i mean this is like the horse the horse kingdom okay there are a lot of Mm -hmm. horse riders there and they gotta sort of gain their their alliance and a pivotal battle happens um at helms deep at some point while we have uh, two of our hobbits, uh, Frodo and Bilbo, encounter Gollum. A or, former... You
2: mean Samwise? Frodo and but, Samwise. Yep, yes,
1: sorry, yeah. my brain so you, again.
2: Okay, you're you're good, man. You're good. I'm here for you. You here for me when I when my brain farts. I'm here for I'm you. I'm just gonna brain say
1: brains. I'm gonna blame it on COVID brain and just call it a day. Um. Anyway, understandable. Yes, Sam and um, Sam and Frodo meet Gollum, former Ring bearer, right? Who. Had mm. the ring at some point, and uh, it screwed him up pretty bad. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, good goodness me! We're
1: gonna, we're, and then also the other thing we have Marion um, Pippin, and they encounter uh, the Ents Treebeard specifically. I was say, like,
2: I, I was gonna say like, you, like you know, we talked about like the struggle of finding a favorite character. I would argue that if there's a character in the entire trilogy that you would consider your favorite, it's Treebeard. It
1: probably it probably is um it probably treebeard's probably my, my favorite at least aesthetically speaking I love the design <laughs> so much it's just oh
0: hobbits
1: but I saw like the an- what the animated version of him looks like in one of the adaptations or whatever and it just looks like the lorax <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's as he voiced by Danny DeVito because if he's not the fuck that movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah at one point Tree Bird goes wait
1: that's a woman <laughs> <laughs> Um, hold up now hold up <laughs> so those are like really the main the main threads if you will and yeah also we get further um, you know casualty not casualties but like consequences from Boromir dying because we run into Faramir his brother
2: who's played by and I would even though he has not he hasn't appeared on our show yet has he no I don't think he has which is such a shame because I would I would argue he's in the two dudes hall of fame oh for sure for sure this 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 man uh David uh David Wenham? David Wynnum I think yeah so if we if we mess that up we'll fix it later but yes uh, we know him affectionately as Carl from Van Helsing, <laughs> Affection- <laughs> which is so, really, <laughs> which is so funny because, like, if you see all the characters he's played, they're so stern and serious. Like, I think of um, the narrator character from 300 and just how stern and serious he is. But then, like, it's just funny that Carl's the first character I think I've ever seen him play, and he's so silly. <laughs> Sorry! <laughs> well, I'm actually just a friar. I can curse all I want. Damn it! <laughs> um,
1: which one of these, like, threads do we want to tackle first? And talk um.
2: Well, I think, I think the most important the the one that is i guess the most important because everything revolves around this is so frodo at, at the end of fellowship believes that he's got to do this on his own because you know he feels like he's a burden not just you know on himself but to everybody else that's around him because you know obviously the ring is temptation and so many people are like tempt- are tempted to take it mm-hmm. from him and so he feels like he needs to continue the journey alone but samwise being the best fucking friend in cinema is like no sir So, you are gonna get help. I am gonna be there for you, Mister Frodo. Okay, that's what that's what friends do. You be there for your friend. I got very aggressive there. (laughs) So, (laughs) so he's like, I'm I'm sticking with you. So Sam and Fro and Frodo, obviously, like obviously, Frodo is very against it at first. But then he's like, I'm so happy you're here. And they go off on their journey to Mount Doom to drop the ring in. And they're intercepted by Gollum, played by another member of the Two Dudes Hall of Fame, Mr. Andy Serkis. Mm-hmm. Also returning in our show because he was Claw in Black Panther. And then obviously one of his greatest characters he's ever played, in my opinion, is um, Caesar in the Planet of the Apes uh, reboot trilogy. He's also He was also Snoke. Mm-hmm. In the, the the Star Wars sequels, the, the sequel trilogy, and then of course he's the latest iteration of a long line of greats in uh, Alfred Pennyworth uh, from the Batman, and he's incredible in that movie as well. And and connecting to Peter Jackson, did we say did you say King Kong yet? Oh, I
1: didn't. No, he is. Yes, he is King Kong. Yes, you're right. But I think most people were exposed to Andy Serkis at first by this movie. By
2: this movie. Because he's he he's sort of like like when you think of actors like um, like Lon Chaney, or even in later ex- to a later extent Doug Jones, also a member of the Two Dudes Hall of Fame, both of them I'd imagine. And uh, these guys are known for their monster performances and the makeup that they wear. Andy Serkis is definitely in that ballpark, but for from from a different angle because he is sort of the king of motion capture. You know, like he plays all these incredibly iconic characters with the uh with like the dots and like the skin tight suit and everything and he encapsulates like like regardless of how you feel how snoke was handled in the sequel trilogy when he shows up he's incredible like it's a snoke great performance great performance great special absolute effects. great performance great special effect caesar in, especially in war for the planet of the apes is probably one of the most amazing digital effects i've ever seen yes in any movie even by today's... It, it, it's getting really good these days, but it's just so good um, in this one. And then I, just... I just wanted to mention
1: also because... I don't know if it's exactly motion capture, but I wanted to bring up Phantom Menace. Because that you know, came out a few years before. And, you know, I know people don't like to talk about Jar Jar Binks. Because Jar Jar. But, you know, Ahmed Best, I think, did a great job at that at that. That's point a good point. With, with I just yeah. wanna obviously Andy Circus is like the king when it comes to this stuff, but I think Ahmed Best um credit credit should be paid to him. Um you know you,
2: you, yeah it's a good point. That's a very good point.
1: You know, even if people don't like the character of Jar Jar, it's like it's actually kind of amazing that you had something like that in nineteen ninety nine. Like mm-hmm. it's it's I and mean, watching it now, it's like it's still pretty good. But Yeah, like, the character of Gollum, specifically, which is, this is a a performance that a lot of people, at the time even, were trying to champion him to
2: be nominated for a supporting actor. He, honestly, he still should have got, like, that, Caesar, like, listen, Andy Serkis deserves so much. (laughs) He made Venom 2,
1: okay? He did make Venom 2. Venom 2 needs to be the Two Dudes Hall of Fame, okay?
2: (laughs) You know what? It is. Throw it in there. (laughs) (laughs) It's there. Listen, um, it's, it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty bad movie in some regards, but it's just so enjoyable and Tom Hardy's great and it's, we'll talk about, that's, that's a whole other thing.
1: But, you know, this character of, of Gollum, you know, I think it's a tricky thing because in, in The Hobbit, it was just kind of a, a, sillier character when they, before they recontextualized it for Lord of the Rings, um, you know, and then like, how do you present that in live action? And they did, you know, they did the motion capture, motion capture tech, um, and it it the I mean considering this movie it, it, this year this movie is twenty years old it looks pretty really good
2: still and the performance still really comes through it really does like and just just the the fact that he had to do that voice for oh God three movies like could you imagine talking like this for three whole could you imagine if I did that the whole podcast. Not only would you be annoyed because you'd hear it, I'd be annoyed because it'd be coming out of my throat, and I would be like, "Okay, so that's the
1: end of the show." <laughs> and, no, it'd be really funny because we're probably gonna take an intermission between this and return of the key. You make
0: and we're <laughs> <laughs>
2: throwback.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, oh, Sleagle doesn't want to do another podcast. Oh, you don't need to do any podcasts.
1: Got him. uh but it's so terrific um so terrific like and it's such a like really compelling and tragic character um Gollum. really i think for a lot of people this is their favorite character
2: and understandably so yes understandably so because like he has this like like split personality um like dissociative identity disorder situation going on where 'Cause like he's Gollum when we first meet him, but then we learned he was actually Smeagol. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like periodically, like as the hobbits are sleeping, you'll see him talking to himself or he'll look at the, like a, his reflection in like the water or something, and he'll just be like No Master Master's got the precious We can't we'll get the precious we'll it back
1: <laughs> master's our friend you don't have any friends
2: <laughs> the, this is this this potentially could become the new oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i want that ring oh. thank you thank you very much
0: lord have mercy <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, not that it's an Elvis song, but I now I just want uh, a Gollum cover. Goodness gracious, they were of fire. <laughs> well, uh, I want him,
2: I want Gollum to stick the microphone in his mouth.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good, just God this damn Gollum, it, Gollum covers of, of famous songs. I keep
0: not? a close watch on this house of I keep my eyes wide open all the time. <laughs> Save <laughs> your tears for another day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, smuggle reckoned not to fall. <laughs>
1: Dude, you know what I was hearing? You know that the Beatles wanted to do a Lord of the Rings movie? I would have been down. Just, just you know John who? Lennon, like... I'm John, Le- John Lennon. That's the part that John Lennon was going to yeah. play! It was <laughs> Wait, I need to look up... Because the- I think Paul McCartney was going to be... B- uh, Frodo, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh my god.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let me just look at... The- and then, like they wanted, like, Stanley Kubrick. Um, Oh! All right, so George Harrison would have been Gandalf, and uh, Ringo would have been
2: Sam. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. I like it. <laughs> no, no notes. No notes. Um,
1: but oh, Gollum. But but, but Gollum um, obvi- is a major character here and in the se- in the um, in the third movie. Um, yes. You know, and there's a lot of conflict. Is a three. You know, with with Gollum, Frodo. And Sam, obviously.
2: Yeah, so like, Sam's Sam's goal just to help Frodo get to Mount Doom. Frodo, just to not die. <laughs> and then you got Gollum in here just going like, you know, I want it. I want the process. And so he's like, like, he's literally scheming and doing anything he possibly can. But like, it's such a conflicting thing because he does some evil, awful shit in this movie, especially to Sam. Especially to Frodo. Mm-hmm. And uh yet you kind of are hurt by it because it's it's not necessarily his fault. No. Because you know, he was corrupted by the ring and it fully corrupts him. And we'll talk we'll talk more about that because that's that's the whole prologue of Return of the King is is uh Smeagol's corruption to Gollum. But um that like that whole event, like, there's some, there's some kind of like, uh, silly moments, like, like just any time whining because he has to have the the rope around his neck, like, yes, it burns! Ah! <laughs> just.
1: <laughs> We're just complaining about the food is really funny.
2: Last Hobbit food, <laughs> like potatoes. Iconic, iconic. That's the best line in the whole movie. That's the best the line in the whole franchise. Whole, whole trilogy, really, really. <laughs> you boil them, you mash them, you stick them in a stew. <laughs> Tartars? What is Tartars precious? <laughs>
1: oh, man. Oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, that's that's really like that subplot, obviously, you know, is a major one in this movie. Um, do that's, we want to talk about. That's the about...
2: cornerstone of the. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Do we want to talk about Treebeard just that way you get the CG, sort of the CGI characters. Mm -hmm. And then we'll talk about Helm's Deep and all that.
2: So at this point, the hobbits, were they, I I forget if they, were they kidnapped by the orcs at the end of Fellowship or was it, I forget. I think they might've been at the
1: end of Fellowship. It's so hard because it sort of, the ending sort of like, it sort of blends in.
2: Blurs. Yeah.
1: It it, it blurs for me. But yeah, they were captured at one point, basically.
2: So Merry and Pippin are captured by the orcs because again, the orcs, and Sauron and Sauron they know they the fellowship has the ring but they don't know which hobbit has the ring so they steal Merry and Pippin under the assumption that it could be one of them and so that's why they're they're still alive thank goodness um and they're able to escape by the, the skin of their you know but uh they're able to they're able to get off, get away thankfully yes and uh they find themselves in what's it Fa- Fangorn or Fangorn Fangorn
1: Fangorn, Fangorn. Fangorn. Yeah, Fangorn forest Fangorn.
2: yeah um where they meet the Ents um but specifically they meet Treebeard who is uh voiced by John Rhys-Davies so Mm -hmm. he's pulling double duty here yes um and I don't was that a fully CG character I don't did they they didn't do motion for him did they I don't
1: imagine they did It, it I don't I don't know off the top of my head actually um I mean, whatever they did, they did a great job because I think I think um, Treebeard, like I said, is probably my favorite character. When, when yeah. you know, <laughs> I, just, I, I just I just Tree. I am no Tree. Hobbits. I've never heard of hobbits, Shirelings. <laughs> I have business with Saruman the White.
2: We just finished saying hello,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but good morning. I, I lo- That's what he says. Sorry. Yes, uh, I just think it's, it's such a beautiful design. I have actually have a Funko Pop of Treebeard. Like I so I have like a bunch of Groot Funko Pops that are just growing up into Treebeard. Into Treebeard. Yeah. <laughs> you know.
2: You know what I appreciate so much about Treebeard is that there's so many moving parts and so many. Uh, you know, aesthetic layers and, like, so many different details on him, which could probably make animating him such a chore. Mm-hmm. And yet, they pull it off pretty nicely. Like, they gave him, obviously, he's got the beard and his eyes. They, they give him some distinct features. But, like, I, I look at him all the time, and I'm like, that had to have been a hell to, to try to get all those pieces together. But they did a great job with it. Yeah, what Weta... I don't think we talk, mentioned Weta too much in the first um no, part. I don't think we mentioned him at all. <laughs>
1: no. Which is a damn which is a damn shame. Shame on us because listen, um obviously Peter Jackson huge, obviously, you know, to put this all together, but like the did like the, the Weta digital, the the people mate make all the props and the makeup stuff in this movie, really just a huge undertaking. Sorry.
2: I mean, Weta in many respects, um, because like for the longest time, it was like ILM was sort of like the premier like digital effects studio from Lucasfilm and you know their work with Spielberg and everything, but then here comes Peter Jackson with Weta, and in many respects, Weta's almost surpassed them a little bit. Like not to downplay ILM because ILM has done some incredible things. We've talked about them on the show. Like they they right. they did all they did an entirely animated film with Rango, and Rango's mm-hmm. incredibly beautifully animated, but Weta was sort of like. Sort of like coming up on their heels, and and in many respects, Weta has become kind of the uh, the new ILM in a lot of respects.
1: It feels like it, yeah, yeah. And you know, like there's a number of things where you might either see ILM or Weta or both in in some cases. Um, I know, I mean, there's a number of things that they've worked on, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I, I I think it just they put so much thought into everything. Into the costuming of these characters, into the the sets, the props, um, you know. Like I remember, like to- like them in like some of the, the um, bonus features for these movies. They talked about how much time they had for pre production on these films and how much they had to build, how much they had to make. Like think about like just like seeing people with all this, all these pieces of armor, you know, that they had to make for for this for the for these movies, you know. And and Tree Birds are just another example of just like the beautiful beautiful design and i just it's a miracle like so many things in these movies a miracle that it works as well as it does
2: truthfully absolutely um so credible props to weta for all the amazing work that they were able to achieve with the with these movies um so so in this so in this segment of the of the film um it, this is where i feel like the the growth of mary and pippin comes in Mm-hmm. because this is where they sort of they like they still have that like silly sort of like troublemaker vibe to them especially Pippin like like I feel like Mary wakes up half the time and Pippin's just eating something or he finds something and he's like drinking yes. it you know just doing something and um, this is where they start to like really come into their own as far as like you know legit members of the fellowship. Because, like, I especially think of the moment when, like, um, the Ents are having their meeting about whether or not they need to join the the, the war between Sauron and and everybody else. And it's taking them so long, and Merry's just like, we have to fight for them. We have to fight for Frodo. We have to fight for Middle-earth. Come on! Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then, like, that sort of, like, unintentional genius moment on Pippin's part where, like, he's like, let's go the other way.
1: The closer we are to danger, the farther we are from harm. Mm I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs>
2: but you are small.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so let's do it. <laughs> oh man, dude. And when the ends like wreck shit, uh, Ugh. uh, uh Ugh. Isengard or whatever. Oh my it is so satisfying, honestly.
2: Oh, uh, it's so good. And you know what speaking of Isengard, like you know what's like we talked a little bit about like the scariness of these movies. There's nothing more terrifying than like seeing a membrane coming out of a wall and then to see like like an orc just like <sighs> like gnarl yes. his way out. Like I I think about that imagery all the time like especially when um they put the white hand of Sauron onto the onto the orcs faces as yes. like the symbol that they're part of Sauron's army and that like anytime cuz they cut they periodically cut back to like Saruman and like the orcs coming in and like the, the, the army being built. And some of those scenes are so like kind of like the imagery sticks to your brain a little bit. It's so gross. <laughs> <laughs> it's disgusting. Like I just saw a, I just saw a dirt wall give birth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my
1: god, but now now I'm thinking about the tower, and this is the co- the conversation we had about the tower. Uh <laughs> About Sauron's tower. Do you remember, like, oh, where you're like, oh, how does yeah. he get up? How, how does he get up there? <laughs> I'm like, it doesn't fucking matter.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, like I thought about that, too, when, like, uh, when we find out that uh, Gandalf, like, fought the Balrog on top of Sauron's tower. I'm like, where's the entrance? <laughs> Is it, like, a? St- I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Me. Me. Apparently. Yeah, <laughs> you're the only the, one. That's the only one. I'm no. like uh, how'd it get up there? No, there's probably like
1: cinema or somebody probably like dinged it for something for something like oh, that.
2: Oh man, now that oh, man, I've been compared to them. I don't want to just fuck that. I don't care oh, anymore. Shit.
1: That's probably the meanest thing I've said all day. I'm so sorry, dude. <sighs> it's okay. <laughs> anyway. Um <laughs> but but yeah, like um, you know, Saruman obviously still you know, Christopher Lee's great. Um <sighs> should we t- i think we should we we should really get into um helm's deep because that's the the big the big
2: that's, the big battle <laughs> that's the big one so gimli legolas and aragorn are um on their way to hunt orcs specifically their their goal is to try and save merry and pippin from the orcs yeah um though they initially they don't they don't find them they find them at the at the beginning of return of the king i think
0: mm mm-hmm. mhm Um,
2: and so they kind of get roped into this other situation because the orcs, um, are starting to take over Rohan specifically because, um, uh, the king, uh, the captain of the Titanic, uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, is, uh, is being controlled by a personal favorite of mine only because, uh, he played one of my favorite characters ever. Mr. Brad Dorf mm-hmm. aka Chucky. What's up? <laughs> I thought his character name was Child's Play. You noob. <laughs> if I listen, we're going to change you yet, sir. Those movies are coming out in 4K from Shout Factory. We're going to change that. Oh god. <laughs> you're going to get a you're going to get an envelope in the mail like
1: Oh, it's all three of them. He bought all three of them for you know me. What? There's, o- there's only one thing I had to say to you: you have no power here. <laughs> Just you wait. <laughs> uh, but he plays like literally like Richard. This is the, the the this is this name is definitely not a bad guy name. Are you ready for his name? Do you even know his name?
2: I know the word worm is in it? <laughs> yeah, Grima, Grima Worm Tongue. Oh, that's uh, I would trust that guy with my life.
1: Yeah, it's like Luke Skywalker.
2: Yeah, exactly. Grima, we're, you know what's funny? Like, we talk about like, the Harry Potter comparison. That is the most Harry Potter name, I think. <laughs> <laughs> of all the names of the characters in these movies, that feels like the most... I almost feel like I could see um, Brad Dourif as that character in Harry Potter. Yes. Like, he's just... he's just You know what? He probably, he probably would have been a great Bol- uh, Voldemort, but, you know, uh, that's fine. They, that's they, they awesome. went for their British actors. It's fine. It's
1: fine. It's fine. But um, you know, like the the king, the king of Rohan, um, King Théoden, is is mind controlled, and they have to unmind control him with the power of of great cinematography, editing, and acting.
2: <laughs> Don't you love when all the pieces of cinema come together, <laughs> dude? Dude, but like I was telling you about
1: it when we were, I was watching it because we watched the the first two movies separately. I'm like, this is like the coolest scene. Like, <laughs> we would never, we like. Like I feel like if you did that today, it would have to be like some sort of excessive like CGI like thing. like no one's
2: even in a room; they're just in like a bubble <laughs> that's green.
1: <sighs> and the, and the makeup work they did on Theoden when he's like possessed is so
2: good. It's so good. And then just like the regret, like the pr- the progression back to uh, his like normal looking face. Just again, that that also would would have been like some weird. Like CG, like heavy effect, like they would have just made it like his face bubble or something. I don't know, uh, something stupid. But, um, I mean, obviously, I think we said
1: the Gandalf is back. Um, Gandalf, Gan- but he's
2: not Gandalf the Gray anymore. He's Gandalf the White boy.
1: But it's so funny because like people talk about like oh a characters coming back. I feel like Gandalf is one of those words. It's so weird. And he has like a whole explanation, and I think about when he's on the like th- this white background. He's like. Ah! Ah! <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm, I'm like i'm still just like okay what whatever just does like you're back you, you, you're, you're here die. you're just fine let's let's, let, let's go beyond this
2: right. jesus
1: you're here um you're fine right, so so back to back to rohan i mean you know uh theoden theoden son uh is dead
2: yes um uh, and his other son is billy butcher
1: is that his son i thought that was like is it his, his son ne-
2: i'm trying because like a- his, I, his 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 kin let's just say because we don't remember because
1: because they said because they make a big because that's one of the big things with head ends like his line ends with him because e- eowyn sense. is like a daughter but she's not um, that's right and then like i think i think carl Urban's like is definitely like related on some has to be related they, the blonde hair isn't
2: isn't like isn't that isn't she like his sister
1: yes um yeah so that that's his nephew that's his niece and nephew uh aomer and eowyn are okay. the niece and nephew of king theoden
2: played by billy butcher and i don't know who's the other actor i don't know her. uh uh miranda otto miranda um, otto um, mm-hmm All um
1: right. you know like and i i, I gotta say Aowen's another one of my favorite characters um in these in these movies she's so good we're gonna talk definitely talk about her more she has the best
2: line in the third one arguably in the
1: third a really great some great scenes in the third one um her character you know she always she wants to fight she wants to prove prove herself you know um and she kind of has develops feelings for um aragorn
2: and who, who could blame her you can't blame her you know her situation's not great (laughs) situation's not great and you know what vigo good looking guy like not only that but aragorn's a good dude you know like he's humble like even when like she makes him soup and he's just like he could have just been like this is terrible but even though it was terrible he was still like this is good and then like yeah. i love the bit when she walks away and he's about to pour it out but then she comes back and he's like Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> he like he like fixes it and he's like i'm still here <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um
1: like but no she's great Um, uh, and i think one of my favorite things like is in is in helms in helms deep where she wants to be part of like the front line like the front lines
2: you she know. doesn't want to watch the kids in the back
1: no, but but then Aragorn's like, well, who are these people going to look to when the, when these walls break down, basically, you know, um, so some nice words of encouragement. Um, I do want to, to spend a few more moments on Theoden. Bernard Hill is the actor's name, I believe. Um, he's been in three, he was, the next movie is the Best Picture winner, but like, he was also in um, Titanic, as we said, as the captain of the Titanic. Captain of Titanic. Mm-hmm. And he was in Gandhi. I don't know who he played in Gandhi, but he was in Gandhi.
2: I assume he was Gandhi, even though I know that was Ben Kingsley. But I like to think I
1: was wrong. Um, but <laughs> I, 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 rewatching, like rewatching um, these movies, I really gained an appreciation for this character and his performance. Uh, Bernard Hill, like, and there's probably a lot of people watching these movies that are just casual fans that just like, who the fuck is Theoden? What is this <laughs> nonsense? But like, he, he's so good. And you really like, even though like there's decisions that he makes that are like mistakes. You understand where he's coming from. Like he has to, he wants, he has to send his people in his mind to Helms Deep, which is like this stronghold, you know, mm. to defend his people. But it, everyone else is like, dude, it's trap. We also need your help, bruh. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and like I, I then we'll also get to him more in the next movie too. But also just like, I mean, th- these movies have like relatable human emotions, like. I got to think about I think about like my dad again. Um and I think about what my grandparents went through when he passed. Like mm-hmm. having to bury your kid must be like one of the top 5 worst things that can happen to you. And I th- and I was that definitely affected me this time watching um watching him when he reacts to his son's death. His, his I the mean, fact that his
2: son's dead. Just that that just the thought process like you got to imagine there's a sense of failure that kind of rushes through you cuz it's like how did I like, cause you blame yourself. I imagine, like, cause, like, how did I let this happen to my child? I was mm-hmm. supposed to be there for them. I was supposed to, you know, be their, be their caretaker. And I imagine there's that, but also just the the general sadness of, you know, someone that you are so attached to. I mean, like, any death, obviously, someone you're so attached to, but there's that specificness of your child passing on, and you know, you you see it in his face in that scene. Like mm-hmm. just all those different emotions just playing out and and you really feel the tragedy of it he is a great character admittedly like like there there are definitely moments i'm watching it and i'm like what are you doing like i think of like um when he's arming children mm-hmm. <laughs> in um in the helms Deep battle and just seeing like like it's 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 like the like this weird like back and forth like you see the orcs preparing for battle but then you see like children literally like little boys putting on helmets and and though i love this one shot of one that just looks like a straight like like hip-hop gangsta he's just like walking (laughs) with his like shield and his sword just like I'm like that little kid, man. <laughs> I'm like that makes me think of Ricky Baker. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Could you Could you imagine if Ricky Baker was one of those kids? who's like we're about to go to war. We're about to have a fight. We're about to die in a gang violence. <laughs> oh my, oh my god. But um, um, that's like that's a hard scene to watch, and you can even see like that scene that bit when um. Uh, Aragorn's like looking at the one kid who's like just what I don't like. He's just so lost. Like he's got a sword and he's like,
0: "Uh,"
2: and then he like tries to give him some level of encouragement, knowing that like this the situation's fucked. Mm -hmm. Like there's kids here. They're about to fight, and so the best he can do is say, "This is a good sword. (laughs) Use it. Use it well." While also just being like, "Fuck." we need to figure something out and thankfully elves came in and helped out
1: elves uh, elves helped out um you know which is a big you know a big a big thing because it's like the lines of elves and men hadn't been around since since the first like sauron showdown
2: and then it's like okay we got this now and um and then but at the same time like there's a shit ton of orcs so mm-hmm. they're like trying to whittle them down as best they can. They're trying different like there's some really like tragic moments in this battle but there's also a lot of epic moments in this battle. Uh, one thing I think about a lot with the battle sequences is that obviously there's like kind of different storylines going on so like obviously Frodo's trying to drop the ring things going on with Merry and Pippin and so like sometimes it'll cut to those moments like when yeah. um, uh, like when Frodo meets Faramore at the end of the movie or, or like well, maybe not that moment, but like like when um, they first get to the Black Gate mm. at the um. So they get to the Black Gate, and uh, we have that that moment there, and uh, then they then they cut to like what Samit, uh, what Pippin and Merry are doing. And then we cut back to the battle, which is still going on. <laughs> yes. And it just, like, you think about, like, it's, it's, you're just like, this is still happening? Like, like, obviously there's that film logic of like, oh, well, it's probably happening at the same time, but the way it feels, the way it's cut, it almost feels like it, that battle has been going on almost for the, for the, for the runtime of those other scenes happening. Right. Yes. And it, and, and it makes you sort of feel like, shit, they've been like fighting and fighting and fighting because... They don't really get out of it because they because the orcs take helm's deep
0: mm-hmm, they like
2: do. They, they they effectively capture it and so like everybody else is like trapped in like the the kids and and everybody are trapped that didn't anyone that didn't fight are trapped where they are you got aragorn and a few of the soldiers and the king uh and um and legolas and Gimli like they're all like in this area and with carl urban who's also there Mm-hmm. and they're like trying to figure out what what to do and then they remember hey we have a we have an, Asos, an ace up our sleeve gandalf the white was going to get more help boom here he comes with well no carl urban's not there because he comes with carl urban yeah i was just yeah. I, it yeah. took
1: me a second to remember that too like yeah. it, it's there's so yeah. much going on in these movies and they're so long folks. so much so much,
2: but um that was sort of the, the ace, the ace in the hole there that they were able, Gandalf seems to be like the ace in the hole in many respects for a lot of these battles. Like he tends to be like, like the guy that's like, all right, coming in. Um, but, uh, that's how they were able to like more or less like win the day a little bit with, uh, the help of Gandalf Mm -hmm. and just, and just the general, like, you know, uh, bravery of, uh, what's it, Theoden? I keep forgetting his name. That's the that's the captain of the Titanic. Captain Titanic is Theoden. Yes, Theoden and Aragorn just charging out and fighting the orcs. Like you know, if this is the end, we're gonna we're gonna go out we're gonna go out in a blaze. And then thankfully Gandalf's there, just like
1: ah. yes. I was thinking about the steepness of that. Um, I think, I think about the, that was... all
2: the time. <laughs> like how did none of them fall or roll?
1: Is the magic of the White Wizard Gandalf? <laughs> magic,
2: magic of cinema. You don't need stairs to get to the top of a tower. Steepness of a hill doesn't matter.
1: Oh my god! Um, but yeah, that the, I really love. I really love the battle of, of Helm's Deep. I almost might put it on later just to watch it. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, and th- again, also these movies because of everything. There's so many like memes. Um, obviously, like. Um, like the Mordor meme in the first one movie. Does,
2: one does not simply walk into Mordor. One does not simply record a podcast with Joey and Richard.
1: No. Or um, the one I think about with this one is with, with Theoden, in the Battle of Helm's Deep, So It Begins.
2: I, I've seen that one a lot, you know?
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, but in some ways, it's weird to say, this one might be my favorite out of the three.
2: I would I would agree. Though I also feel like there's some slight biasness because Chucky's in it. <laughs>
1: that's fair. That is... that is. Fa- I mean, but you know what? You get s- a, a s- small Chucky action uh, in, get, in uh, the second.
2: I get a little bit of Chucky action in the second one and then I get... Uh, uh, and then I get that yeah. small moment that was removed in the theatrical cut but I get it in the, th- in the extended cut in the third one yes, when he full-on okay. Chucky stabs. But, you know, we'll get to that.
1: Yeah. Yes. Um, I just think this one, like just visual i mean it's i think it's visually distinct from fellowship in a lot of ways obviously you can tell it's the same universe and all that but it definitely has a different vibe a different look about it um i think the new characters that they add which many of them do continue on into return of the king are excellent additions thinking I agree. about aowen aowen theoden treebeard gollum of course i mean gollum appears a little bit in um fellowship but he really appears properly um in this one and you know, I think we again. I think that the strength of these movies are the char- are the characters. Like, the, like
2: I'd agree. You yeah. know,
1: like you could have all of, like the beautiful like you know costuming and special effects and all that, but if you don't care about like you know uh, the friendship of Gimli and Legolas, then what what the hell is it? What the hell is it all for?
2: Like, what's the? Like, so you don't care about the bond that these characters have? And...
1: <laughs> oh. But I think about the the the, races, the 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 racism that happens in Middle Earth, where like they're surrounded by Carl um, Urban and friends, and Carl Urban, Carl t- Urban, like is asking for their names, and then Gimli's just like, "If you give me your name." Oh, it's right. I shall give you mine, and then, and then, like, <laughs> and then, uh, 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 like, um, Carl Urban is just like, listen, buddy, you're a dwarf, okay? And I, <laughs> I, I would cut off your head if you were, if it wasn't so like close to the ground. And then I think it's this scene too, where where Gimli says some like, sh- no, Gimli says it to an elf at some point. Just yeah, he says it to an elf in like the last movie, and like, um, because Aragorn knows what that is. Aragorn's just like, buddy, that's not good.
2: Not, that's bad. Stop <laughs> Let's it. Let's not do that. <laughs> Stop it. Mm, buddy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man. Um, I think on that note, I think on that note, we will take a second intermission.
2: That's right. We're getting a second intermission, folks. So grab grab a snack, charge your phone, because we'll be back once more for the finale. once again welcome back to two dudes one double feature in the last two segments which is unprecedented we have we've never done this before um we talked about fellowship of the ring two towers and now we are on Ooh, my package delivered from amazon sorry um we are now <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna say quiet. that
1: you only mention that because the Amazon's doing a Lord of the Rings TV show and not that you are an easily distracted <laughs> friend of mine.
2: Hey, ADHD's a thing, man. Just leave me alone. It is. It is. <laughs> um We're back, everybody. Um So we talked about obviously those two movies, and now we're on to the finale of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Mr. Joe Dinny Dan, what is this movie we're talking about? We're talking about, this is a big one, we're talking about the
1: billion dollar grossing, the 11-time Academy Award winning, Peter Jackson directed, The Lord of Peter the Jackson. Rings, The Return of the King. <sighs> nice. <laughs> AKA, the movie everybody makes fun of for having 37 endings.
2: It, Yeah. Yeah, it re- like, at best, at best, it has, like, four. It's, and I think all of them needed to happen. So, I'm trying to remember what endings, okay, so there's the initial ending after, would you count it after the ring drop, or would you count the eagles thing as, like, the lead into the endings?
1: That's a good question. Um, if I we're mean, counting
2: I- that, then there's probably a little bit more, but if we're not, then it then it starts with the, the Frodo waking up in the bed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I think that's the one. Though, there are also, like, other... And, I mean, because also I think about Gollum gets a great ending in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's got a fantastic ending. Perfect um, summation. Um, you know, there's a lot. We'll get to the endings. I, it just... Yeah. I, there's a lot. <laughs> there, there's quite a few, but listen, when you ha- when your movie movies run, like, three-plus hours, you're going to have to wrap up a couple loose ends, I mean.
2: Yeah, I mean, three movies... Filmed all at once. You got you got some ground you gotta cover. You gotta you gotta wrap some things up. And you know what? I'm gonna say this much. Even though I love when a movie just like has a nice tight ending at the same time, like there is that thought process after like a big sort of event type or like an epic movie, like just to see what the characters' lives are like for a brief moment after the fact. Yes. Like like a nice epilogue like I do like a good epilogue moment in a movie. Like and there's even some movies that end too soon like even some great ones like i think of uh America Werewolf in London just kind of done david's dead that's it that's the end of the movie yeah just uh, jenny agger just like ah! Ah! <laughs> like, that's <it. laughs> like that's it um so so there's definitely like it's it's a timing thing i think for an ending really but i do like a good epilogue moment and i do feel like like in retrospect, the more I think about it, like yeah, there is a lot of endings, and sometimes you're like, okay, let's keep going, but um, each of these moments, like I think, work as well as the next. So like, you know, we'll talk more about that, but I just wanted to say that like, the the like multiple endings aside, they work.
1: I think so. I think my last couple times watching Return of the King, I'm like, it's amazing how well this movie works. Honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. and a lot of that is due to the work of the previous two movies. You get to, ca- you care a lot about all these people. Um, but let's get into this. Obviously the battle of Helm's deep was won by the skin of their teeth, right? It was, yes. it, it was like, kind of like thinking about like the, the battle of the bastards in game of thrones, where if you didn't have the, the Knights of, uh, of the veil vale coming in to save their asses would have been a different story. Um, mm. you know, uh, so obviously, you know, men, and elves united, but
2: Sauron still has some powerful armies out there, okay? And- he's he's not done, man. And so, and we also see the defeat of Sauron, which, again, was only in the extended cut. Yep. And we needed that scene. And, then, like, you, you mentioned this a couple of times, like, we really needed that scene. So it is kind of sad that that's not in the yep. theatrical cut. Um, and it's a great moment, too, Um Because you're you're at like this flooded area at Isengard, you're seeing um, uh, Sauron somehow making it on the top of his tower, (laughs) (laughs) Um, and you see uh, my boy Chucky up there. Um, So you got Dracula and Chucky again, fantastic, Um, uh, and eventually uh, it leads to uh, Chucky stabbing Sauron in the back. I, I know his name's like Warm Tongue, but you know he'll be Chucky, Chucky. forever. Yeah, I'm sorry, Chucky. he's just Chucky. Um, which by the way, season two is coming out. I'm very excited for that. Um, so, uh, and Saruman like visually has a really gruesome death too, because mm-hmm. like like first he's stabbed by uh by Chucky, and then Legolas shoots him and shoots Chucky in the chest, and that's how he more or less dies, or at least I assume because we don't see him again, I assume he's dead, right. <laughs> So, but we could have had a twist where it was like, I'm alive! But no. Right. But I'm fine with that. Could have been one of the endings. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, but then Sauron falls off the tower, and he lands on this, like, giant spike. Mm-hmm. And it's, ugh. And it's, like, right through his chest, like, very Dracula, like, like stake through the heart style. Yeah. And then he just kind of, like rolls because it's on like a wheel or something and he like rolls into the water yeah like i that's how i imagine every disney villain that falls to their death that's how i imagine they die yeah (laughs) out of spike but
1: you really needed that too like you really needed that because again saruman is such an important character in the other two movies that it only makes sense to give him an ending um and i'm sure that they had i mean listen the theatrical version of this movie was like three hours, 20 minutes with, you know, with the credits. Like, so you have to cut some things, but that's one of those things where I'm like,
2: you kind of need, it's kind of like how someone, College of needed a prologue in their stupid dinosaur movie in order for it to make fucking sense. Richard. In Richard, some regard. Richard. I'm sorry. Richard. I'm sorry. No, 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 I'm no. I'm you don't,
1: you don't understand. It was a, it was a Bug's Life remake. <sighs> I said that to me, too. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I don't care. No, but it's such an important moment, too, because obviously Gand- Gandalf, what used to be friends with Saruman at one point, and there was there were they were close and they were like, hey, we need to bring bring you down. You know, come on, let's let's chat. We need to talk about this. And Theoden's just so fucking pissed. And again, Bernard Hill, incredible actor. So good, so good in that scene, um, you know, and like uh, Christopher Lee as Saruman, just being just a twisted guy, and just saying all <laughs> these things to Theoden uh, about like you know, you're, you're oh, well, I think it does. I think he says it in this one or Two Towers. He's just like, you are, <laughs> you are the um, um, what something of less like like the, your 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 um your forefathers were the were the sires of lesser sons.
2: Something, yeah, yeah, he does say that. I forget where he says it. Sorry,
1: I, I, my, again, my brain's just anyway.
2: Listen, it's okay, you're recovering still, you're getting <laughs> over some stuff. It's fine. Um, I'm here for you. But I, listen, Sam Wise to my I, I got you, Frodo, and I guess I'm gonna be going on a
1: boat at some point then. Um, <laughs> oh but, no, but you know, obviously, speaking of Sam and Frodo, um, you know. This is by far the roughest of the rough. This was. This is rough. Fuck, Gollum like uh, just throws off the, like the the elven the, the elvish bread or whatever, and it makes it seem like ble- Sam ble- ate ble- it.
2: What a dick! That's no, <laughs> not his fault because he's tempted by the ring. But what a dick! You're still just <laughs> like you're still so mad, man. And like the thing is like we learn that Gollum cuz initially when in, in the last one I don't know if we talked about it, but Gollum has this like back and forth with Smeagol. like Smeagol and Gollum yes. are talking to each other and he shuns Gollum cuz he's like I want to try to actually do something I want to actually contribute cuz this seems like it's a good idea I don't want you cuz it seems it feels like Gollum's sort of the like um evil side of mm-hmm. Smeagol and Gollum right and and then and then um because of uh, the events uh with fair with uh uh what, what's what's oh what's Carl's character's name again? Faramir. Faramir, which we really so got to talk because, about soon too. Be, because yes, oh yeah, because of the because of um, the initial interaction with uh, Faramir at the beginning of this movie, um, Gollum feels betrayed by Frodo, and so he's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna I, I, I'm gonna screw him over because he screwed mm-hmm. me over basically, mm-hmm. and and basically got him beat up by a bunch of like dudes, more or less, and so, you know. Like, he does something horrible. He leads him and I'm allison I'm so sorry we're gonna mention this. So if you don't want to listen, you can cut off at this point and then move on later. Um there is a giant fucking spider. <laughs> 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 um what the hell is that thing's name? Shelob. Shelob. Um Fun fact: in the, in the uh, Mordor video games, they they reimagine Shelob as like a like a like a woman at first, and then she turns into a spider. I don't know. That's um,
1: terrifying.
2: <laughs> but Shelob, listen, there's so many incredible, wonderful creatures and and monsters and creations in in the world of Lord of the Rings. I think of like the 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 incredible ghosts designs. Of like the ghost characters in this, yeah I think of um, the scene in Two Towers when Frodo falls into the swamp water and you see the ghosts coming out of it, like the spirits. Like, there's some great makeup design and great effects coming out of that. Um, but it says something about a certain species of animal <laughs> when they're making these creature designs and they're talking about Shelob and they're like, "How do you want to design this?" And then uh, Peter Jackson's probably like. Just make it a fucking spider. <laughs> like, how much do we need to change about a spider, really, to make it scary? Yeah. Like, we'll give it a little, like, stinger. But then again, tra- some tarantulas already have stingers, I think. And fangs.
1: It's like, um, I'm thinking about um, uh, Primal.
2: But, like, yeah, you know, in Primal... Like, Primal's the one place I feel like, like, uh, Gendy Tarkovsky was probably like, we're gonna try to make this a little bit scary. <laughs> yeah. But... We only need to do so much. Mm-hmm. And that's not like, n- nothing against pe- nothing against spiders, because I mean, they're useful. They kill other bugs. They, you know, but they'd they be, they be creepy. <laughs> and like, I think of the scene when Shelob is like coming out of the hole. I fucking hate that scene so much. I hate it. I hate it. It's the worst thing ever. Just Frodo just like walking up the, the hill and then you just see the legs come out first. Like, oh gosh, no, geez. it's so no. bad. Um, <laughs> it's so bad, I think, Allison. I'm I'm gonna, I feel Allison like have to give Allison. Please a don't stamp. watch this scene. Please, no, I'm please have to don't. Give
1: Allison, a timestamp for her to listen to this show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so um, sorry, Allison. So we'll, we'll I really So we'll cease am. the spider conversation now. So, um, yeah, their relationship, uh, especially between Frodo and Sam, is very strained because of Gollum. It's very
2: strained because of Gollum putting that wedge in there, man. Um, and that's okay. a sorry to harp on the spider thing again, but like. There is that great moment at the end when um when Sam comes in with with Sting. Yes. with the sword which we don't we haven't talked about Sting. Sting's a great like like iconic aspect like a sword weapon in mm-hmm. the movies because it glows blue whenever an orcs around. Mm-hmm. But um like cuz this was this that whole scene happens after you know uh Gollum is essentially mm-hmm. framed uh Samwise Gamgee for eating the the elven bread and frodo and he initially is like cuz like there's sort of like a build up to this moment throughout these movies whenever gollum's around cuz gollum um is initially pitied by frodo as per advice by gandalf cuz he initially was like well why didn't bilbo kill him and then he's like well he he pitied him and he didn't he didn't see what the point of killing him was because he was already like f- too far gone yeah and so Initially, And initially Frodo finds a, kin, uh, a sort of uh, a relation with Gollum because Gollum was a former ring bearer and he was sort of seeing what could have happened to Bilbo and he was hoping that there was potentially a way to fix Gollum so that he can either fix himself or fix Bilbo because he was kind of showing those signs as well mm-hmm. of sort of becoming that, that sort of beast that Gollum has become. Right. And so there was a relationship. So like anytime Sam Sam would ever like yell at Gollum, he'd be like, You don't understand. Like, you know, I underst- I I get you're angry, but you don't understand what he's what he's been through, Sam. And so it finally gets to that moment where Gollum like uses that and is like He wants the process. <laughs> and so that's when he's like, Get out of here, Sam. And that's one of the saddest moments. Yeah. Too just just Sam like like kind of huddled in in against the wall and in tears you just feel you feel Mm -hmm. it and it's so sad um but then sam's like i don't care he's my friend he's going through a lot i'm gonna help him so what does he do he finds frodo's sword especially after he found out that gollum's piece of shit Mm -hmm. and was well gollum not smeagol smeagol's suffering gollum's piece of shit yeah just to specify um and so, and Sam comes in with Sting and, 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 and kicks ass. Yes. Like, from now on, I'm calling Sean Aston to kill any spiders that try to kill me. <laughs> so, so anyway, that's the last thing I'll say on the spider scene, but, uh, br- like, tip of the hat to Samwise Gamgee, absolute, absolute badass.
1: Yeah. I mean, that whole thing, I mean, it, it, it's so hard to talk about the rest of that because it's so intertwined with, like, the final battle stuff, mm-hmm. so we'll get to that in a second, but uh, anyway, obviously, um, you know, you need more forces to face off against Sauron, okay? And, uh, one of the things they need, they need the help of, of Gondor at the the city, the, the white city, Min- Minas Tirith, okay? Uh, problem, though, remember when Boromir died?
2: Yeah, you remember that moment?
1: Remember that? Well... well his daddy... His daddy, Creepy Danny Houston, played by uh, John, <laughs> John John Noble. Noble. John Noble, legend, uh, d- legend, d- plays the character of Denethor. What a name! Um,
2: I'm glad you knew that because I had no clue what his name was the whole time. Listen, listen, listen <laughs>
1: it's, it's okay because I, I, I called Sam Bilbo at one point. It's all good.
2: <laughs> but that's a, that's a mistake. That's a, it's fine.
1: It's fine. But listen, um, so this dude, he like he he finds out. That his beloved son, his favorite son, specifically specifically,
2: of his two sons,
1: Boromir is dead, and he's left with the son that he doesn't care about, Faramir, which he
2: hates this guy too to the point where he wishes he was the one that died and not Boromir.
1: Yes, and uh, you know, and he's just like, "Why didn't you get the ring?" Blah blah blah, and he refuses to help. He is useless <laughs> to, to the cause. Literally, okay.
2: Think about this. There's a scene, right, where um, Faramir is in a battle at this uh, w- against all these orcs. In this, like, what is that little area called in front of Minas Tirith? It's like a little, like, just sort of like dilapidated patch of land. I'm trying to
1: remember what that was called. Shit.
2: Well, there's a little spot anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like almost like a fallen city or whatever. And Faramir is sort of forced to go there by his father. But he also does it because he's trying to win his father's approval. It's one of those situations. Um, yes. And then there's a huge battle. Like, the orcs are are swarming Minas Tirith. They're, like, all over the place. And you have the Witch King, um, who's another one of those um, Nazgûls or whatever. Like he's, like, the, the premier Nazgûl, mm-hmm. the Witch King, riding a f- dragon and trying to, like, kill all these people. And, um... What does... Uh, what does John Noble do? Well, he... Nothing. He sits and he eats, and then uh, Faramir comes back... Wounded. And he's like, my son's dead. And he tries to have a funeral for him. And everyone's like, he's not dead, you dick! <laughs> he's <laughs> he not dead! Medicine. He just... He needs help! He's not dead! And he's like, we gotta have a funeral? Even though people are being killed... My son is dead. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> and then, like Pippin, Pippin's over here. Like you, dick, <laughs> you asshole. He's not dead. Mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing, but you know, yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure yeah, Billy Boyd obviously. was actually thinking that. But <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, side note, uh, and I forgot. I, I want to mention this real quick. Did you know that uh, Pippin and Mary have a podcast?
1: You, you, you were telling me this. Uh, yeah. One
2: day. I think it's called, I forget what it's called, but, something um, onion?
1: did you say onion something
2: for the fr- the friendship onion? Okay. I think it's what it's called. Um, we'll double check on that, but I haven't listened to it, but you know, I just think it's funny that those two dudes had their own show. It's like, so I feel, I feel like we have a kinship there. So check, check out their podcast. Not that they need our help, but you should, sure. you should go check it out.
1: Sure. Sure. Um, um, yeah, but I feel like Faramir really like Faramir has a big role in the last one. But I also feel like Faramir gets a bit more in this one, which is nice. One of my favorite shots, though, is when when John Noble um, De- Denethor see, looks at Faramir, and he sees like almost a sloppily like oh place god Boromir. Do you remember? You remember this? <laughs> yeah. It looks, like, it looks <laughs> like 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 Sean Bean was in a music video or like the end credits. Like like I imagine that pose is like in a Celine Dion like the Lord of the Rings. And You just see like I'm like, a
2: Lord of the Rings. Like Sean I don't Bean, know what I'm doing.
1: Sean being fabulously turn and smile at his hair,
2: like. <laughs> <laughs> and then like the sad, the saddest thing is you're seeing uh, Faramir's face smiling, like like his his father's finally looking fondly on him, but he's not. He's not. <laughs> he's,
1: he's not, and it's he's... the worst. Oh my god. Oh, you know like the
2: oh the. But oh, sorry. Go ahead. You go. Ahead.
1: No, you remember Gandalf's staff like blew up. <laughs> do. <Dude. laughs>
2: like the witch king's like fuck your staff it's just like
0: no. <laughs>
2: i think i the one image i think that'll never leave my head from this movie is in the funeral scene when john noble just dumps the oil the flammable oil on his head just like Ugh. <laughs> it's it's oddly sexual for like, for, like, a fake funeral for his not-dead son. Mm. <laughs> it's just him going, oh. <laughs> <laughs> This That is the most pornographic thing you've probably ever heard on this show. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's Den- a guy named Denethor of all things. <laughs> yeah, category that you find on like, those online sites. Oh, yeah.
2: (laughs) That's the only videos I watch is just that on repeat. uh,
1: (laughs) I don't want to see your searches
2: history. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, I'm going to make it public. I want everyone to
1: know. (laughs) I'm only watching
0: this scene on Uh, repeat.
1: (laughs) Richard, I want to emphasize how gross this is, okay? It's so disgusting. We talked about (laughs) Shelob and the spider. And that doesn't hold a fucking candle. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> you are as crazy as dead <laughs> right now. You are taking this podcast. And you're like, my podcast is dead. <laughs> no, it's still going. We got we're 22 <laughs> minutes into the third half. All right, we're still also, going. <laughs> enough with the Richard's fantasies for a sec- hot second. Second. <laughs> um oh my gosh i'm so sorry that no that's staying in yeah i don't i don't want it to leave no (laughs) um so we have that okay but let's get back to the okay so minas tirith is fucked all right it's it's
2: it's getting rocked hardcore
1: it's really like so and then like obviously theoden being theoden is like where the fuck was Gondor when the West Wall fell? You know when the Westfold Fold fell.
2: What was I going to say? I'm sorry. I'm still thinking about the other thing. No, it's fine. <laughs> but but <laughs> Theoden. But um, Theoden is like you know what what am I supposed to do? And so Gandalf is like okay because there's like these um, torches or like what like these uh, what do you call yeah. them? Yeah,
1: I know what you're is mean. It, is, the yeah, light, yeah, yeah, uh, Gondor. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: And so they're like okay, um, we're going to try to light. This so that Um Theoden can come help, and obviously uh, John Noble, being the weird pervert that he is, in this movie, <laughs> just to specify, I don't I don't know if he's a weird pervert in real life, but no, it's, in, this movie, in this
1: movie, this is our theory.
2: In our theory, in this movie, he's definitely a weird pervert. Um, so he um uh, he's like nah, like there's clearly like we don't want we they don't want to help each other, but then um, Gandalf is like Pippin, go 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 light it, just go just go ahead and go light it. So Pippin lights it, and then it the, and it trails all the way back, um to to Rohan, and uh, Aragorn sees it, and they're like, and I love I love the bit. He just bursts in, and he's like, "They need our aid," and he's like, "They shall have it." <laughs> Amazing. And so they get ready for war. Um, and at this point, this is when um, because obviously it takes a second to get there, so they have yes. to like make camp and like. And there's obviously, there's obviously this discussion between Mary and, um, uh, what the fuck's the, what's her name again? I'm sorry. Eowyn. Ayo, Eowyn. Like, there's <laughs> that discussion of like, you know, oh, we got to fight as well. But then Carl Urban's like, you're short, you're a girl, you're not fighting. Mm-hmm. And it's like, come on, but come on, Billy Butcher. Come on. Oi. <laughs> come on. <laughs> um same thing he did to Huey at first. Uh, but, um, obviously they sneak into the battle and they're like, we're fighting. Screw you guys. Cause we, we have as much at stake here as anybody else does. Um, especially those two, I think. Um, and then of course it's like, well, we only have so many men. We only have so many soldiers to fight. And that's when um, Hugo Weaving comes in with the the sword, like the iconic sword of these movies. Um, what's, it, what's it called? Is, does well, it have a name or is it just a, like the a, sword I of... I think the sword
1: of Elendil, I think it's called. Let me double check.
2: It's the king's sword is what I call it.
1: It's Well, Isildur... Elendil. Um, the yeah, blade Elendil. that cut the ring. Yes. Um, let me just double check. I'm looking at this real quick. Well, Elendil is actually... Um, Hold on, sorry. I'm I'm looking at this. No, you good. You good. You yeah, know, just because there's a lot of history that is is in these things. Um, let me see, because I know it's I I know they say like the blade of El- like somebody like you know because the seal door yeah. used it right. It's a it, yeah. It was, it's, the, it's the blade that
2: cut the ring. Mm-hmm. Something like that. And, and when we initially see it in Fellowship, it's broken in, into, like, several pieces. Nar- and then... Narsil. Okay. Narsil. Which, so, just to
1: recap, uh, Narsil, uh, Narsil was a longsword wielded by King Elendil during the War of the Last Alliance, and it was used by his son, Isildur, to cut the one ring from Sauron's hand during the final yes. battle.
2: So, so after it's broken, he uses, like, the what's left of the blade and cuts his fingers... And, um, then, uh, it's just sit- like, it just sits there for generations and pieces in, uh, Arendelle is not the, the elves, Arendale Rivendell Rivendell, Rivendell. Well, there's a couple of oh, th- places. I was thinking of, I was thinking frozen. of, uh, frozen. Fro- yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let it I, I almost said, I almost said Archie cause I, well, that's Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> I almost, oh my
1: God, you, no, the, the el- elven city of Archie.
2: The Elven City of Riverdale where Archie and Jughead live. But I'm talking the comics version, not like the CW like teen version.
1: Um, um but that's such but a cool moment when he get when he gets um when he gets the sword.
2: It's so cool. It's and it's just the it's whoever designed that sword too is absolute like the craftsmanship obviously in the whole movie is the whole series is incredible. Like Sting looks great. And a lot of the other swords look great, but that one especially, I love like the runes in it. Yeah, I love like the way it's designed is really cool. But that sword is very special for for so many reasons. But also because he uses uh, Aragorn uses it um, to not only attempt to claim back his 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 seat as the the rightful king of Gondor, but also so that he can call forth probably the most important members of this army, the ghosts of the mountain or whatever they're called like like these lost souls or whatever and uh, the designs of those of are so I love um first of all, I love the green cuz like I yes. know ghosts are typically blue but and I love the blue ghosts but I do love these green ghosts. Yes. And I love the effect of like how like the makeup effect of them fading in and out of like skeleton to like face to like rotting face to skeleton. Yes. That's yes. always such a cool little thing. Mm-hmm. But initially initially they're like we're not fighting for you and then then they learn that that he is that he's wielding that special sword. I love the scene when like he swings the sword at them and then he yes. blocks it even though like he's it shouldn't work because it's a ghost but like he blocks it and he's like shit. <laughs> and then and then they're like we'll fight for you and I love when like they initially uh show up and they're like charging and then like swarming the orcs at the end and they earn their freedom. It's so cool, dude.
1: I mean, it's also a great character moment for Aragorn because he could have easily just been like, hey, yo, help me out. Just with the, it could have been so easy just to be like, like spam them in the final battle at, um, you know, (laughs) at Mount Doom. But like Aragorn, because he is the rightful king and he's a good king, he's
2: like, nah, fam, you, you're, you good. You good. You good. You good. Like, he's not one of those like weird gamer guys who's like, I'm going to keep using this.
1: No, no, no. Um, I love the moment when they charge, though, that shot, when they charge, and you see the ghosts it's behind so, them. It's so good, man. I mean, this mo- movie has so many moments where you're just, like, even if you're just by yourself in your house, you're just going, yeah!
0: Like,
1: I think about, uh, with, like, the fu- the battle when they're in Minas Tirith, um, when um, Theoden's, like, has this sword out, and he's knocking it, like, into, like, the spears, you know, to, to pump up his men. Yeah! Yeah! Uh, or, like, Théoden, the... Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, but Theoden's death is also upsetting,
2: you know. Because, it's it's tragic, yeah. You know, I knew
1: it was coming, but he's a great great character. But anyway. Great
2: character. But um, there's also that iconic moment we mentioned earlier where... Um, what's her name again? I'm so Eowyn. sorry. Eowyn. Thank you. Aowen. Eowyn, Eowyn, Eowyn. That's her mm-hmm. name. Her name's Eowyn. Did you know that? No. Okay, now you know. Eowyn. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um that great moment when Eowyn um, is fighting the Witch King, oh yes, uh, Mary and P- Mary and Eowyn are fighting the Witch King, and um, very much like a no man's land Wonder Woman type situation, um, where uh, like he like uh, attacks her, like strikes her down or whatever, and he's like, no man c- has ever been able to kill me or whatever. I'm paraphrasing mm-hmm. terribly, and then um, she's like, she takes the helmet off. She's like. I am no man that stabs him in the mouth and then he's like he like implodes or whatever. Yes. <laughs> that that's that was gnarly to see like the helmet crack in and like him going. Eh. You know what the sad thing is? If this hmm. movie
1: came out in twenty in like twenty twenty two, there'd be people, there'd be so many like stupid like reaction videos like
2: Is Peter Jackson woke? Ugh I didn't know Peter Jackson was part of that crowd, uh, but it's <sighs> such a,
1: it, it's, it's such a great moment in a movie with so many great moments. Um, it's just like, there's just so much, but you think, Oh man, that's a big battle. It's gotta be the last one. Nope. No, nope. because, because listen, they're like, okay, the only way that, that, that we could do this is go into a suicide mission to Mordor and give Frodo a chance.
2: Because, listen, as we said, Frodo, at this point especially, is, like, fucked. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's, like, I even think of just the fact that he has that, like, bleeding scar bruising on his neck just from wearing the damn thing. Yes. Like, fucking hell, dude. And just everything that, he gets his finger bit off Mm -hmm. at one point. Like, Jesus Christ. Um and so just uh everything that he goes through like he needs the the assist and so uh aragorn and legolas and everybody every, everyone all the remaining members of the fellowship all decide we're going to i love like i love that bit when when aragorn looks back and he says for frodo and he just charges yes and yes. like listen not to not to not to hate on MCU movies but so much better than uh, Avengers: Assemble. I'm sorry, it just is. Yeah, I'm amazed we've been we've been kind of Marvel this episode because, <laughs> uh, admittedly, um, we have been. Like I, I, Joey and I did the same thing. I think is that when we watched this mo- all three of these movies, we kept thinking, "Fuck Marvel." <laughs>
1: and listen, we enjoy a number of Marvel movies.
2: Like we too. do. We really we've talked about them on the show.
1: It's just. when you look at this movie like with such craft and like like care you know and like anyway but like there's so much there's so much going on and uh, like it just seems i mean for some of these guys it seems so hopeless gandalf doesn't even have his fucking staff so you're just like what
2: (laughs) he just has a sword and and his buddies that's it and his buddies that's it this funny. Oh, one of my
1: favorite. One of my favorite Gandalf lines is, "I have lived like three hundred lifetimes,
2: but I'm out of time." That's a great line. That is a great line. But anyway, sorry. No, you could. Um, so obviously, we're at this fight. These final moments, and um, Frodo and Sam are trying to make their way to Mount Doom. Gollum still alive after the, the 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 spider stuff and uh they get they find like 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 we were mentioning like Sam has to uh, physically carry Frodo like that's as far as he that's how far he's willing to go he's probably willing to go even further than that just to right. help his friend and um they get into the mountain and lo and behold Frodo finally succumbs to the temptations of the ring like he's there, he's ready to drop it, but then he says, "The ring is mine," and he puts the ring. Like, oh my god! And when he puts the ring on, and he's invisible, like, like that's that's so shocking. Just like, like, ugh! And then, and then in comes Gollum, just like scrapping his way through. And that's when he bites his fin- That's when he bites Frodo's finger off. And he fin- and Gollum finally gets his ring. He's like, "The precious." And then he obviously falls into the mountain with the ring and that's how the ring is destroyed because frodo pushes like frodo pushes him and,
1: mm-hmm. like which is i also like look at because it's not like a triumphant moment
2: no it's all. the whole the whole scene is tragic
1: <laughs> it's like yeah they 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 succeeded but at what cost
2: <laughs> and you see it in their faces and mm-hmm. and like the the 7500 endings yeah uh <laughs> Like, each one, you just see, like, the, the weight on their shoulder, especially Frodo. Yeah. Because, I mean, the thing is, like, a- everything he experienced through the all three of these movies will never, like we were saying, it'll never go away. So, like, while he doesn't have to, to bear the weight of the one ring anymore, he will always have to bear it. Well, like, like he doesn't physically have to, but... Emotionally
1: absence, and he still feels the pain from the first movie when he gets when he's stabbed by the Witch King, um, in the first one, um, but you know because it's it's kind of like you know commentary like you know when you have a life altering event or like if you have PTSD from something or drug addiction, it's an ongoing thing. Whatever thing you want to, you could put in a multitude of different things. You know, Mm -hmm. as your interpretation, it's like an ongoing battle, really.
2: I, I I do like I did liken a lot of like the ring stuff to drug addiction a little bit like mm-hmm. like um uh especially just looking at like Gollum as a character and you know succumbing to like like imagine someone like succumbing to heroin and just mm-hmm. needing it and just constantly yeah. needing it um even though they know it's destroying their body they know it's destroying mm-hmm. their mind but because of the addiction because maybe whatever they were going through before you know they felt like they needed it and cuz like there was actually a point not to harp on this too much but there was actually a point um a few years ago where there was almost like a weird epidemic it felt like uh where so many people like people even that I graduated high school with mm-hmm. were dying from heroin. like like there's a good chunk of people from my graduating class that are now dead because of heroin addiction it's so, like, it's it's a real legit thing. I'm not to say that people don't think that, but like it's 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 a really hard thing. And while I I can't speak for the experience because I've never done anything like that, but obviously you look at it like this, it can destroy people. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I look at character like Gollum and even just like Frodo a little bit, because like there's even like there's scenes when um like you'll see him petting the ring, you'll see him like you know looking at it. So like the temptation sort of building. And like, I also
1: think about, um, sorry to interrupt, but Bilbo in, fel- in Fellowship, where, when he, and he has, like, that really creepy face momenta- momentarily, because he wants, mm.
2: he wants the ring. Like, the ring is temptation in its purest form, and the, it's, it's just insane to think that, you know, he, you know, he sure came to it, and, um, just the way that that ended, but it's, it's nice that they were able to to get out of there, obviously, and, um, you know, he had Sam with him the whole time, because I imagine, like, if Sam wasn't there for him, what could have happened? Yep. You know?
1: And Dude, so... I'm also thinking about when they get rescued. I think about the Howard Shore music. Um, with mm-hmm. When again, the like, Eagles come in from the sunshine. When the Eagles come in. Um, I believe the, um, has looked at the soundtrack, uh, the, the, the singer in that section is Renee Fleming, who's actually an opera singer. I only know this because when I used to work for my college, I worked for their center for the arts and they used to have like the, uh, the metropolitan opera, like live, like screenings. And Renee Fleming would host those screenings or obviously be like one of the main stars of those, um, of those screenings. Um, you know, so it was definitely interesting. And it's just like, man, the, the, the level, like the score is, is so like, I think about again, like star Wars is a great score too, but like the emotional depth of Howard Shore's like music in these movies mm-hmm. cannot be it can't be overstated it really adds so
2: much to what's going on it's it's one of the most iconic like each piece of music that like the the Shire theme like the like the kind of twinkly sort of like comforting Shire theme and then obviously the big epic like da, da 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 or like um, the ring
1: the Rings theme mm.
2: da, da, da da da
1: da you know. Um, right, but we got to talk about when when Aragorn, Aragorn. We well, didn't talk about the elephant, Oliphants, the elephant. You know, the, the, o- the Oliphants. I mean, that's a, <laughs> a crazy thing to see, but that's a whole other thing. Um, no, but I think about the scene where where Aragorn is crowned as crowned king. You know, one of the endings. One of the endings, and um, that's probably my end- favorite one. It's it's a great honestly. ending. It's a great ending. I mean, you know, he gets the girl. Which I know it's like a cliche thing, but it's like you know, you know he loved Arwen and you're just like you're so happy and oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I think about like the the scene where Arwen envisions like Aragorn and his son. And that was mm-hmm. that got me. And like
2: there's like a whole like we kinda we kinda skipped over a little bit, but there's like that whole subplot like of sort of explaining the 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 relationship between Aragorn and Arwen where like uh uh, like obviously they love each other, but there's that notion of like, well, you know, she she's an elf, you're you're a man, you know, you're like you're gonna die someday, she's gonna live forever, mm-hmm. you know, there's that struggle, but they don't care, no, because you know why love,
1: love, um, I can love, man, but but it's it that's you know despite the fact that they didn't share they haven't shared that much screen time in these movies, it's a, it's a satisfying moment, mm-hmm. um, but of course, of course. Um, when you see the hobbits, okay, and this is a moment that's just like, you you know what it is,
2: <laughs> like oh my god! So they come in, like every obviously he's crown king, everyone's kneeling, they're you know they're bowing, showing the respect to Ar- to Aragorn, and um, he sees the hobbits. There's this lovely like look of admi- admiration on his face, and you see Frodo, Sam, Merry, Pippin, and they're bowing, and he's like my friends you bow to no one yeah and everyone not just not just aragorn but every single person bows to them like these these people who didn't seem like they amounted to much in the greater scheme of things as far as middle earth is concerned came in and saved everyone yep they did the unimagin- like they 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 did the unimaginable like all four of them have changed so much and it's 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 a genuinely beautiful, humbling moment, and it just shows again how great of a character Aragorn is, and just how humble he is, regardless of what st- status he has. But also just how much these hobbits and the, and their actions meant to everybody. Yes, and everything
1: that they did. Um, and I did I did want to mention like one like b- between Legolas and Gimli, one of the best most, like quoted lines. You know, never thought I'd die fighting side by side with an elf. What about side by side with a friend? I you gotta love it. Do that. It's a great. It's a great moment. Um, when they have to, and then like obviously, you know, they try to like you talk about the epilogue at the end where they're trying to live out life in the Shire, the hobbits, and it doesn't doesn't quite work out.
2: You know, like like Pippin and Merry aren't as spirited as they used to be. Frodo's clearly still bearing the weight and but sam sam's gained courage sam's gained bold uh bravery just he's he's become a completely new person and you know we we learn it in fellowship that he's got a thing for this bar tent this bar bartender in the shire um and he decides you know I'm going to go for it yeah and they get married they start a family you know he he gets to have that peaceful life that he wanted um um, Merry and Pippin, you know, I'm sure they're going to be still be doing their thing, but I think they're a little bit more matured now. I think they've, they've gone through a lot. So there's a lot that they want to do. And then with Frodo, you know, the thing is with Frodo is that, you know, cause, cause that ending takes place four years. Like they mentioned it briefly, but it takes place four years after they drop the ring and after Aragorn has been crowned king. And so there's this, there's this whole feeling of Frodo that's like, this like, this is the end, mm-hmm. like this is it for me, and so um, we're seeing, um, Gandalf who was only supposed to even come back for a brief period to begin with, um, uh, we see Gandalf, I think I think Hugo Weaving's there, Bilbo, El- um,
1: Elrond, Galadriel, um, mm-hmm. yeah
2: and initially we're told that all these guys are about to be like go on the boat to like basically go to heaven is kind of like what it is i guess well cuz um, the the whole thing
1: with like the elves is that and they don't i mean they probably say it in the movies but not like they keep talking about how the age of men is coming and that's because mm-hmm. magic in middle earth is on the decline and they right. ha- and so the elves depend on magic so they have to they have to get out of there right yeah. And that's you know one of the things that Elrond was worried about with you know with Arwen, but also you know now that they can take along some
2: friends, and they took along um, you know some some hobbits, some hobbits. Uh, they took Bilbo, they took Bilbo, and then to the surprise of Sam, Merry, and Pippin, they took Frodo as well. And then Frodo yeah. goes off on on on, on an adventure, um, and Sam settles at home with his wife and kids back in the Shire to just live to live out a peaceful life.
1: Yeah. Um, just a few thoughts before we wrap up, because I know your phone's about to die. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, this, I know people, there's certain franchises that people say this is like a huge achievement, this or that. I think my statement, I think here, is Lord of the Rings might be one of the most single like most impressive achievements ever in filmmaking you take this widely beloved book that's also very long and there's a lot of things in it and you adapt it like people poo-poo adaptations but adapting something well is extremely difficult And all the change you think about all the changes, and even think about the, like, we watched the, we had the benefit of watching the extended versions. I can't imagine being Peter Jackson having to whittle down those things to a a somewhat reasonable runtime. I mean, by most metrics, Return of the King being three hours, 20 minutes as a theatrical movie is not reasonable.
2: That's, the fact that you got it down to that is pretty impressive.
1: It's absolutely insane. But to get it so right with the visual, the music... Editing, cinematography, and casting Casting is a huge one, you know, Um, and there's like these movies like still live on in people's hearts um, and they're still beloved. And think about this, too. Think about this. Few things about Return of the King. Billion dollar movie and it won 11 Academy Awards, which meant it tied with Ben-Hur and Titanic for the most Oscars ever won by a single film. And Return of the King is only the second sequel in history to win best picture first one being godfather part two but think about Mm -hmm. the weird venn diagram that lord of the rings sits in in the middle of critics enjoyed these movies the academy voters enjoyed these movies audiences enjoyed these movies and these all three these movies were huge huge hits how many times does that happen not often
2: not really no like the fact that these were able to achieve what they're able to achieve is nothing short of a miracle really Mm -hmm. like to the because like you're saying to this day there's still so many people that credit these movies for everything that they love about pop culture and fantasy and cinema and everything um you know nine times out of ten i feel like if you ask someone what their favorite movie is they'll either say "Uh, i can't pick that or they'll say one of these movies like I, I, I'm hard pressed to, to find many people that don't have at least one of these movies or all these movies within their top 10 list. Um, it is truly one of the most beloved, uh, series of movies. And even, even with the Hobbit movies existing, which I know are like, I, I didn't personally love them. And I know a lot of people are, you know, struggle to like them as well, but even, even those didn't like really diminish Anything that people felt or, or anything that was achieved with these movies. It's, it's like, I don't, I don't imagine anything will ever take them down, necessarily. So, uh,
1: yeah. I don't think there's ever going to be anything quite like this again. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, because you think, of, how can there be? Because how much time they spent with pre-production? How much time they may, spent making these things? I think about Marvel, which is impressive in its own way. That they've been yeah. able to, you know, engineer this thing to such a degree. But sometimes, you know, sometimes what do people complain about? Sometimes the flat cinematography, some of the things look cheap and that's not the fault of the individual, like smaller artists. That's more of a, the larger production and producing team as a whole wanting to make, that's a whole conversation. And, you know, yeah. it's, um, and obviously we talked about Peter Jackson a lot, but the whole team here is really firing, is able to fire on all cylinders in this production, and I don't think there's many times, like especially in a production of this scale, you know, with prop like a fantasy property like this, where it works quite so well.
2: It it's it's unprecedented, really. Though it's no Harry Potter, uh, <laughs> folks, folks. Folks, I'm folks. kidding. I'm kidding. Folks, do you
1: um uh what are your what is your favorite of these three movies? do you like the hobbit movies do you tend to google denethor soaking oil um <laughs> videos please let us know facebook <laughs> actually, twitter actually you know what
2: that last one you can
1: you could you can last could, one, you baby that keep, one keep to yourself yeah. um anyway that's gonna wrap it up for this week's episodes the two dude episode i should say this felt like episodes uh um, yeah. episode of two dudes one double feature check us out next week
2: have a good night everyone Thank you all for listening to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Special shout-out, as always, to John and Kenny Armstrong. Thank you guys for everything you do. We love you both so much. And, of course, stay tuned for a brand-new episode of Two Dudes, One Double Feature. In the funeral scene, when John Noble just dumps the oil, the flammable oil on his head, just like,
0: ugh. (laughs)